do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode 62 of the switch mania playcast the brain episode the episode where we discover how old we truly are while playing at one time for five minutes (laughs) (laughs) that sounds far for the course classics classics Oh my, so we're actually recording a few days late. <laughs> we're going to try to record early and then we record late. Um, classic four-day four day weekends, Labor Day weekends. Been a, a fun one, guys. Mm-hmm. Goes too fast. Definitely too fast. And yeah, it's been a, a wild time with Premium Edition. Just constant movement. Like, I spent an entire day just trying to get the ESRB to cooperate and I think it took me like half the day to get a video upload and then they're like hey can you change this this and this <laughs> I'm like yay <laughs> it only took me half the day but okay here you go <laughs> so everybody the physical produ- pro- production of video games is great <laughs> it's great it's great it's awesome smooth process go wrong <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then, I'm, I mean, we're, we're obviously, like, people don't know this, but when we say that our second release is game in hand, like, literally submitting both games at the same time. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm doing two of these simultaneously, and that's all in my bucket, because JP is doing, you know, the marketing, Barry's doing the customer service, I'm doing the physical submission process, and it's very patience-inducing. Lots of patience with it. Lots of patience. Anyways, um, so the Switch Collector is still for sale, as we do with our normal housekeeping. There are only a few copies left, though. Um, less and less every week, honestly. Like, they've been selling, like, a lot less. Um, and, of course, we appreciate five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, was there any feedback from last week's episode? I know there are a lot of people in chat. I mean, I didn't see anything on, on my normal channels. I think maybe, yeah, just through our... When we were streaming it, unless there was something in Discord or, or Facebook I may have missed. I didn't see anything outside of just the chat that went live when we were recording. Yeah. The chat's crazy. And of course, you could still record message for the Playcast or for Premium Edition games at anchor.fm switchmania. So mm-hmm. I don't think anything happened in the news last week, did it? Uh, maybe one or two things. Yeah, maybe some tiny. Some tiny. Small things. Is this the one thing that we said that if they do it, Barry's going to say that there was no direct? (laughs) (laughs) Even that was amazing. We'll have to see if he counts this. Do you count this, Barry? Do you count this news as actually Nintendo giving us something now? Well, yes, of course it's something. It's not a full direct. It's not a full-blown Nintendo direct. It's a special direct, which is not unprecedented for them. They've had plenty of them. They've had Fire Emblem and... Blade had one, and you know, Pokemon's had them. So, this is a Mario Direct, and it's absolutely news. Um, but we still don't know what their A teams are doing. <laughs> so, my question though, Barry, is that considering that this was essentially three weeks of three directs in a row where you had an indie, a third party, and then a first party, if they had all three of these in one giant video, would that count as a direct? 
you know what? That, that probably would count as direct because there was definitely enough content there. And didn't but we I, say about months ago that Nintendo was going to change how they do all of their releases into more segmented yeah. things? The, the scary thing that, to me, what, what strikes me more than the segmented is the fact that the Indie Direct, or not the Indie, the last Partner Direct we had uh, like a 10-hour notification. And for this Partner Direct and this Mario Direct, we had none. It was just a shadow drop. And I'm wondering, is that what they're going to do now? Or are they just going to shadow drop directs from now on? I mean, they're taking inspiration from premium edition games doing our direct. It's shadow drop. Yeah. <laughs> we are the inspiration for that. I don't know, for better or for worse. <laughs> inspiration no, for from Nintendo I mean, is JP. I mean, if you think about it, it wasn't even just that they're taking inspiration about shadow drops, but they even make big announcements the same days that we do. Yeah. Yes, How they crazy. do. I, I think though the one thing that a lot of people are just wanting to know is what what is Nintendo first party truly working on? Uh, because you you can't imagine like the Mario Odyssey team is is working on this this upscale port that they're doing. Um, you, they Spoilers. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but but you know like we we don't know what the main teams are doing, and and outside of ports because that's mainly what we have. We don't know. Oh, Breath of the Wild 2 is coming, but we don't know the progress. And I think a lot of people just want to know, hey, what are these you know, main teams working on right now? I mean, obviously, Corona has hit them harder than they want to admit. Um, but it'd be really cool just to know what's going on. So you want more from Nintendo? Okay. I don't at least know what the teams are doing. I mean, literally, <laughs> since our Direct, every week there's been a Direct for Nintendo. Started with Premium Edition, and then it went to... Yeah. Then it went to all indies. Then it went to third parties. And then it went to first parties. But those aren't those aren't all Nintendo stuff. Though. The, the indies and the third parties are outside. Those are going to happen anyways. Yeah, wanna, but they, wanna, they always do that as part of a direct, though. Usually, have pieces of that. So technically, by the normal Nintendo direct variances, we got more content by them piecemealing it out every week, which is which I feel is pretty cool. But I think we should have JP lay the wallpaper for what actually happened this week. Yeah, so two things happened, but let's stick with uh, Super Mario 35. Yeah. Um, as Jeff mentioned, every week there has been something. And I even put out a tweet the other day that on August 18th, we had the Indie World Showcase. August 26th, we had the Partner Showcase. September 3rd, we had Mario's 35th Anniversary show, uh, Direct. And then, you know, of course, you're wondering, are we going to see something again this week? And people are still speculating, as they always do. But with uh, Mario, it was interesting because, you know, it kind of just dropped out of nowhere. It was about, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe 12, 11 to 16 minutes long mm -hmm. in content. And they covered a lot of different things. I mean, you've got shoes coming out in honor of Mario. You have a new Game & Watch uh, accessory that has the full, and this is the crazy thing, is that it has the full uh, Mario Brothers from NES, the Lost Levels, and then a version of Ball with Mario. And then it has like 35 features or functionalities, including it being a clock. And I think that was probably one of the big highlights of this Direct is just this really cool piece of technology. Um, and as you may all know, in the US, it's not up for pre-order because there's some issues with the FCC still and getting it approved. So, you know, we're all waiting to reserve it because, you know, it's going to be this hard to get thing probably. Whereas in the UK, it's abundantly available through like every single retailer. Um, 
So that was, you know, one item. But to me, I would I would think the biggest takeaway from this Direct was the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection, which is going to have Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, along with a 175 music track player from all the songs uh, throughout the games that you can listen to at any time you want. But... It's crazy because, you know, they dropped this, which we all were thinking it was coming because they had hinted about it before. But not only do they just announce it on the 3rd, it's releasing on the 18th of this month physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about a two-week window, and they even stated that it's going to be a limited-time pre-order through March. And they, I think they also said for the digital version as well. Um, so we can... I say at this point we should probably talk about what that means in terms of limited because, you know, a lot of people think differently about it yeah. um i mean nintendo's nintendo's like definition of limited is time window based so they're only gonna have it available it's kind of like the disney vault it's like oh well they're bringing out bambi out of the disney vault but in reality we could still get bambi like you can mm-hmm. always get the vhs of bambi or whatever so i mean it's gonna be the same deal where they're gonna sell as many copies as they can during this window um, it'll be a million seller, and it'll still be limited. <laughs> so the crazy thing is, you know, as we were talking now, it just popped up. It's already the second best-selling game of 2020. Yep. Wow. Like, how... I'm trying to find... Uh, you know, I can't find it, but... Um, how insane is that, that it's been up... I mean, it quickly went to the number one, like, best-seller on, I think, all the Amazons worldwide within a day. Um, and I'm not surprised... I mean, you know, we all, a lot of us grew up with these three different iterations of Mario. Uh, some, for some of, you know, people, it was the first time they've ever played Mario. So you have a, a compilation with three really solid games. And now they're going to be available on cartridge in one collection at retail. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So it says here, it's already the second best selling game of 2020 on Amazon. Uh, I'm sorry, on Amazon, only behind Animal Crossing. That's, That's crazy. I mean, That's crazy. I mean, the thing is, is that even if it was quote unquote limited in scope, which it's not going to be, obviously, um, it's just limited in time when you can buy it at retail. But there's going to be as soon as they said that, like, you know, that multiple people, stores, etc., bought multiple copies. So it's going to be oh, available yeah. for basically the, the lifetime of the Switch. It's going to be just like the Mario 25th Anniversary Collection that was limited to. Well, that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people are like, this is unprecedented. Why is Nintendo doing this? And it's not. Nintendo does this with all their anniversaries. The Zelda Collector's Edition was like this on the GameCube. The Mario and, uh, All-Stars on the Wii and the Kirby Dream Collection on the Wii were all like this. <clears throat> the Mario All-Stars actually had a cap and it sold out, if you remember. And they have re-ran it and that sold out, and then they didn't rerun it till it became a pl- uh, Nintendo Selects at the end of the Wii's life. This, there is no cap. This is a six-month window, and so many people are like, oh my god, this is going to be super valuable. Like, no, this is going to sell millions in six mm-hmm. months. This is going to be so readily available. In six months, it already has. <laughs> already <laughs> I mean, There's going to be so many out there. So... This is not going to be one of those, oh my god, this is a super rare exclusive title. No. But FOMO is certainly working. People are buying it mm-hmm. for that reason. And you know what? Maybe they're smart. Nintendo knows how to drive interest. They, you know, look at the NES Classic, the SNES Classic. No one expected that. Look at Amiibo. 
they they canceled three amiibo after the first shipment. <laughs> no one expected them to do that. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo is just king of doing that. And th- this the thing that's great about this game is it covers three generations. Mm-hmm. There were kids that grew up with each of these. There were there were teenagers that grew up with each of these, and adults that grew up. With, you know, there were adults when these came out. But there's there's nostalgia for everybody, regardless. And that's what's so great. And that's why it's selling so well. But for me, my favorite, <clears throat> my favorite thing about these coming out is not that, uh, yeah, cool, I get to replay them, and I do plan to. It's, it's the fact that there are so many people I'm seeing posting that they didn't have a Nintendo until the Switch. They never got to play these. These came out before they were born. They, they've never had the opportunity. And they're going to be playing these for the first time. And I am so jealous of them because to play these masterpieces again for the first time is God, that's gonna be awesome. And I'm so happy that more people now get to experience these timeless games and appreciate them for you know everything that Nintendo's done with with the Mario franchise. It's crazy too because I used to play Mario 64 almost like every year or two, um, kind of like Link to the Past, and I stopped because and then once the Switch was announced, anticipation because there's been a rumor of Mario 64 getting an up-res since the beginning of the Switch. And it just, it really hit traction this year, obviously, with all the rumors, but, so I stopped doing it. So it's been a, a few years since I played Mario 64, and so it's gonna be great to to dive into it in up beautiful 3D um, glory on an HD TV. Hopefully it, uh, it looks great. I mean, Nintendo hasn't really ever failed us when it comes to a, a port, ex- like my only complaint with um, the Mario All-Stars one with the 25th was that it was literally just the Super Nintendo Mario All-Stars. Uh, this, there was no Mario All-Stars, so this is going to be a brand new title regardless, so it's going to be awesome. The biggest, I think the biggest complaint with the Wii version was that if they were just going to put a ROM on there, why not at least put the one that includes Mario World since <laughs> yeah, it already yeah, yeah. exists? Like, it's just so simple. You don't have to do anything. And I agree. It would have been nice to have Mario World there. And some people speculate, oh, that's because the Wii had the virtual console and they didn't want to cannibalize on the Mario World sales. But a lot of people with this, there's some glaring omissions. Mainly, you know, the biggest one is obviously Galaxy 2 is missing. But mm-hmm. if you dig a little deeper, there's also the DS version of Mario 64. Why didn't we get that with better controls? Because that had more content. Mm-hmm. And there's also Mario 3D Land is being omitted completely. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be cool to get that so, onto. Uh, you know, it was interesting. You, you gave me a pretty good segue. So at the end of the direct, and this I'm not skipping ahead, JP. Um, there was a history of Mario, and you mentioned Mario Galaxy 2. So I just was watching and I paid attention. Um, there was only one two game that they showed, which was Super Mario 2. They didn't show Super Mario Land 2, which is like my favorite Mario on the Game Boy. They didn't show Mario Galaxy 2. They didn't show new Super Mario Brothers 2 the go- with the coins. They didn't show any of the two games, and I think they purposely did that so we wouldn't pay attention to Galaxy 2, even though everybody's going to focus on it. They <laughs> didn't. I, I think they purposely didn't show any of the two games, which was so odd. Because those are all three. All three of those are, are solid titles. Oh yeah, I would love to see Mario Lands come back one one and two. Um, and Wario. Wario Land is three. Te- well, Wario Land is is Mario Land three in the same vein that Yoshi's Island is Mario World two. Yes. Like it's title only. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you know, I didn't complain about Mario Land, Mario World two, Yoshi's Island not being <laughs> on there because again, different style. Right. 
even though I Mario mean, Brothers 2 is a different style. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, they did have Super Mario World in there, which is also Super Mario World, Super Mario Advance 2. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, it was so odd that they left off all the two games. I noticed that. I'm like, man, they didn't... Because, I mean, I love Mario Land 2, so they showed Mario Land 1, but in reality, like, all of those games that they showed, like, those types are all in Mario Maker 2. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> really... One thing I'm surprised about is that they had a perfect opportunity to do some kind of special edition, and in no region it, are are we getting something in terms of like a big box with an art book or a history book or anything aside from the game. And to me, I feel once again like this is a missed opp- missed opportunity because you know it is Mario. You could have easily thrown in something uh, to make it more of the limited edition type. Uh, and Are I'm, you I'm saying really that we that... need a premium deluxe edition of of this game? Of course we do. Yes. <laughs> well, if, you're... You, yeah, if, if you if listen, you and the listeners don't think that I haven't already asked Nintendo and they haven't given me a no, you'd be crazy because <laughs> they definitely did not tell me no when I've asked them about first party premium deluxe editions. So. Ping us and ask Barry questions because if you do the support at PremiumEditionGames.com, Barry will get the questions. <laughs> I, um, Deluxe edition but, of Zelda Breath of the Wild confirmed. <laughs> Devil's Advocate, JP. I agree with you. I wish, especially after the Mario 25th on uh, the Wii, that yeah. had uh, the art book and the, the, the behind the scenes information in that book. All great. Oh. I would have loved to have seen at least a little mini art book inside the case. That would be cool. But here's the Devil's Advocate. Nintendo doesn't need to do that. This is selling billions without it, mm-hmm. and it would sell the same amount with it. So, especially with COVID, it's harder to go that extra mile. Why spend that extra money without any extra profit? Mm-hmm. Because, because I doubt someone's going to be like, well, I wanted this game, but it didn't have an art book or, or something. That the, like that, I mean, the, the Mario All-Stars 1 already exists, so they could purchase that if they ever want that. So, so Barry, <laughs> you're, you're saying one important thing, though. Like, and it's actually, I think I can speak for JP. That's probably the opposite of what JP is talking about, which is you're talking about Nintendo making money, whereas JP's talking about he wants more for the history of the franchise. <laughs> that's a much yeah, big, right? bigger, different thing. We don't care as gamers and as collectors um, what uh, profit margins people make. We want it, We want cool things. I mean, there's stuff we're so doing I mean, with our company that are doing it simply for the history of it, not because it financially makes sense. You're, you're 100% right. I'm speaking as Nintendo is a company, which they are, and profit margin is 100% you know, what the investors, what the, the board wants. Gross. And, and it's true. Uh, they they absolutely, and I think that's one of the reasons. They could have been super lazy and just taken the book from the, the Mario All-Stars and just put the same book in there since it already exists. They could just reprint it. Um, change 25 to 30, you know, a, a 35, nothing big. But yeah, I think if you want something like that, I mean, if you really like Jones in for that, it does exist. And just I would mm. say just try to get the Mario All-Stars 25th and at least have that book. But yeah, it, it is a shame. I do wish they put more into the packaging. But now, do you guys think we're going to get a sequel? Do you think yes. you were talking about all those twos, all those twos? Do you think we're going to get a 3D All-Stars 2 with Mario Galaxy 2 with, you know, maybe the Mario Lands, but it's 3D. So maybe Mario 64 DS, maybe Mario 3D Lands, stuff like that. I, th- I, th- I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past Nintendo maybe in in another year or two because i think what will happen is we'll see this collection we already know now we're going to jump a little bit ahead in the direct but super mario 3d 
uh, is it World? World. 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 Or at plus Bowser's Fury from the Wii U is getting a physical release. They didn't say it's limited, but it's coming February, I believe, 21st, 2021, or February 12th, February next year. And, you know, that's one of the last few remaining Wii U first-party games that's now going to be ported over to the Switch with some new content. Um, so, I, I mean, right now we know of two physicals coming. We obviously know Odyssey 2, in some fashion, will be coming at some point. And I, I wouldn't put it past them to start drawing from the, the 3DS library. Because once you're done with the Wii U, you know, you could do some, you know, Wii ports if you want. But you have a whole catalog of first-party games from the 3DS era and the DS era that, you know, they could upscale it. They could upgrade it. I mean, we've seen Link's Awakening taken from the Game Boy and Game Boy Color completely redone. So it's not unfathomable that we wouldn't see, you know, 3D Land or, or something else coming in the future as a standalone or a compilation. But I definitely think we're going to see uh, more from Mario's history coming to the Switch. Well, and you just mentioned something, too, when Barry was alluding to, like, Nintendo, what else are they working on? You mentioned Link's Awakening. Well, Nintendo did mention, like, two years ago, they're doing a Zelda release every year, and I highly doubt that Cadence of Hyrule counts. I don't think it does. So, if that doesn't count, what are they planning to release this holiday season? Or, because of COVID, are they just going to nix that idea and then wait till they actually have whatever game they're working on complete because it could be breath of the wild 2 but they could have been working on like another link's awakening like link to the past for example or link to the past plus link between worlds or who knows oracle games or the oracle game or all of them i want all of them but (laughs) i have i have a feeling we are gonna i mean you know the rumors right now i guess the heavy rumors are skyward sword from wii we That's would be getting no-brainer. that, and maybe even now with normal controls and not necessarily requiring the use of a Joy-Con. Hmm. Um, what do you but, think, though, JP? Because if you look at Galaxy, it says that you, you're required to use motion controls yeah. for, for Galaxy, so it's not necessarily going to remove that functionality. Yep. That, that threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, you have to use the Joy-Cons even on the TV with Galaxy that... That, that's not what I was hoping for. I was hoping yeah. for more traditionalized control. That's true. I mean, you're right. It could end up being where if we got Skyward, that it would be the same thing. Me, no matter how many times they re-release this, I really do want Wind Waker on the Switch. I, mm-hmm. I would love to play that again. I mean, I haven't played it since the GameCube era, but, you know, that, even Twilight Princess bringing that back. But you're right. I mean, going further back, I would love the Oracle of Season and Ages. I love a, a double pack of um, Link to the Past and Between Worlds. I mean, there's enough Zelda games. Heck, you can even remaster the original and and do it like Link's Awakening style that mm-hmm. they did. And I think it would be a, a great well, new entry. Well, sense, one of but. the one of the old rumors, which was also around the 3D All Stars rumor, was that one of the Zelda games is going to be obvious. So we're either getting Wind Waker or Twilight Princess from Wii U port. Like, we're, we're getting one of those, if not both. But we're going to get one of those, which means that there's still a Nintendo video coming in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And that probably answers my what are they doing this holiday season. It's probably going to be a port. And if they're willing to do a two-week drop for... 3D All-Stars, they're probably going to be willing to do the same for Legend of Zelda in the future. They're going to let this... Uh, Nintendo's not done. They're going to let this build sales, keep hype for a while, 
and then they'll mm-hmm. drop a, a Zelda sometime. I think there's there's been rumors about it, like, or not rumors, but there's been trademarks filed um, for Zelda, and people are speculating next year will be a 35 collection and probably be that Skyward Sword with you know Wind Waker and Twilight yeah. Princess. Wow. Seems really really easy to do, but I do hope there's other stuff. Um, the thing that saddens me is like with this 3D All, uh, All Stars, mm-hmm. you know, they did the <clears throat> the Mario 64 up-res. They didn't do like go above and beyond and make the 64 DS version available and and make that with new controls. So like you mentioned, like a link to the past, you know, um, and link between worlds, that'd be fantastic to see. Um, but I, I feel like they would be just as as lazy and do that. They wouldn't add in the extra stuff from like the GBA release with the the Palace of the Four Swords um, mm-hmm. thrown into a link to the past to add more content. Uh, which is which is a shame. I, I would love it if they they treated it with that the same thing they did with Link's Awakening, where they they really put time and effort. But I what think- if what if they did Zelda 3D All Stars and they did the same generations as oh. Mario, so we would get Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Time, Majora's Mask, and then they'd go into a GameCube one, which could be Twilight, because Twilight was on the GameCube, or and or Skyward Sword, or they... Because th- you got to think about it, like, Wind Waker probably would sell well on its own regardless. Yep. Yeah. Or they'll Skyward Sword on its own, like they did 3D World on its own. Or they... Well, 3D World was a Wii U game, and so, like, it's easier to port. Whereas, yeah. like, because they, ha- they wouldn't have to redo everything if they were doing it <laughs> part of a 3D pack, because that's kind of what we're going to see with these three games, is that they don't have to do a whole lot with it, they're just uprising. So it would be up-resable games. So maybe everything that was put on the Wii U probably gets a standalone. It's probably even Twilight. But, like, imagine yeah. getting Oracle, Majora, and then Skyward on a 3D, 3D All-Stars pack. That would be cool. <laughs> I, um, think, I would be happy. I think, yeah, I think what's interesting is that even looking at this Mario collection, you could have released each of the three individually at a $40 price point. And honestly, I don't think anybody would have complained. Like, if they were like, hey, in September, we're going to be releasing uh, 64. In November, we're going to be releasing uh, uh, Sunshine. And then January, let's say, we're going to do Galaxy. I think everyone would be like, oh, my gosh. Like, we're getting all these Mario games. And and if we had never heard of a compilation or thought about it, I don't think people would have been like, oh, they should have just combined all three. But the fact that you're getting three, you know... Barry, I didn't even think about, like, a compilation for Zelda, but you're absolutely right. I mean, they've done it in the past, right? We've seen it at least on the GameCube when they had the, uh, uh, it was the the Collector's Edition, and then also, I guess, like, the pre-order bonus with uh, Majora's, or uh, Ocarina and the Master Quest, but you could absolutely do that, and, or you could do them individually, and I think we would just be as equally happy however we got it. I think I think though you're probably going to be a little disappointed, Jeff, because I don't think there's going to be a Zelda this year. I think they're going to ride the coattails of Mario 35 for the remainder of the year with COVID. I think they're going to count Cadence of Hyrule Physical with all the added DLC mm-hmm. as the Zelda for the year to keep keep that saying going, and they're going to save Zelda for next year on the 35th anniversary. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. Hmm. I hope you're wrong, but <laughs> but in in rea- in reality though, like if they're gonna do anything, they're probably gonna do the lazy route and not lazy, but the route of just porting over either Wind Waker or um, Twilight Princess, and it, they'll probably listen to JP because whenever JP asks for stuff, Nintendo 
but gives them what he wants. And so they'll probably Ooh. give him his Wind Waker this year. So we'll probably have a Playcast episode on Wind Waker sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, probably. Probably. Um, I w- also, with the Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, a lot of people have been clamoring for the 3DS versions with the mm-hmm. enhanced graphics instead of just porting the N64 versions over, mm-hmm. uh, which would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just going to be one of those interesting times for sure. But looking now with 3D World confirmed with new content and all that coming over, how many more Wii U ports do you think we're going to get? And Pikmin 3, obviously, is coming out this year, too. Like, What's There's not left? that many. What's left? <laughs> Xenoblade X is one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't think we're not going to get that? We're definitely going to get that. Yeah. Whether that's next year or the year after, I, I cannot imagine they would bring, you know, they would redo the definitive edition of the first one. They bring over two, or they make two, you know, obviously. <laughs> but But X, how could you not have that final piece of, of at least a trilogy that of what's out right now um in that universe i i mean i think it's coming also would you count devil's third as a first party it's published by nintendo yeah oh. so i mean that's that's one they, i'm trying to think like what else was on the that, Wii. that is and, probably one i could see not coming over um, they, they have, star fox zero star fox zero oh star fox yeah i would Blurry. love to see star fox with the fixed controls oh mm. But here's a question. Would you rather Star Fox Zero with fixed controls or a brand new Star Fox done right? Both. Or Star Fox 64? Both. No, we've done Star Fox 64 enough times. I mean, yeah. Star Fox Zero essentially does rehash Star Fox 64. Yeah. Which rehashes Fox. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I absolutely just want to see them redo Zero because it just was so close to being awesome. Um like, you wouldn't have to do the whole change your perspective from the one screen to the other, which was the only jarring thing for me. The controls themselves, when I was playing, were fine. It was the fact that you had to change your perspective and couldn't enjoy on the giant screen Star Fox. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was my the my missed thing is I'm, like, spending most of my time staring at the tiny screen when there's a lot going on on the big screen. Now all they'd have to do is do a cockpit in a corner on the screen or in the middle bottom or something, and you could see everything, mm-hmm. and it would be amazing. Like, give us that. <laughs> that would be great to see. I'm um, trying to think. There's Mario Party 10 Tennis Ultra Smash, which will mm-hmm. stay there because they were oh. terrible. They gave us Super Mario Party, or they gave us yeah. like, all of those sequel based games we've seen. Um, I, I really do think, like you, you talk about Game and Wario, like we'll probably see some type of Wario Warrior collection. Yeah. Probably. They'll probably show. Um, like the Wii Party U will probably stay over. Wii Sports will stay over. Wii Fit, you know, stay over. Well, we kind of got our bowling in that in the the game uh, board games. Yeah, Clubhouse had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to like look through the list and see. Well, Sing Party was technically a Nintendo first party title. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah no, but even no. even our game of the episodes an odd one because we didn't get it in the U.S. Like yeah, which is weird. Yeah, because it was. <laughs> Yeah, it's a super, super so there was, um, popular title. Yep. There was still one more announcement during the Direct, which was now a, a toy, essentially, which is the Mario Kart uh, like Live. Toy, Live toy carts that um, you can use your Switch to control, but there is no cartridge. I think it's just a code in the box. Right. But, Physical! Yeah, <laughs> 
You know what? I actually, you know, it's funny. I make my own rules when it comes to physicals. I don't count it as such because there's no case. It's because you're wrong, JP, because it's literally published in the book with the criteria that says that the physical, like, this is a different one. Because we counted... We counted Sonic Mania as a physical. It's in the physical section. It's print. It's law. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For the Switch Collector book, completely valid. For JP's personal collection, it's a pass, which is good for me because I think they're a hundred dollars each. And there's right now a Mario and you a Luigi them. card. You need coming. them all, JP. What? You need, you need them all to complete your collection. Oh, if you were talking the 2017 and 2018, maybe even halfway through 2019, JP, I would have had both of them pre-ordered already. Thankfully, well, you're not, not collecting the whole. You're not collecting the whole. Um, the whole Switch library. That's okay. You don't have to have the whole Switch library. You're gonna be missing a game. Yes, yes, that's okay. <laughs> I got a post. What me the most about this game, though, is it is a physical items. Yes. And the last two times Nintendo has done something of physical items, which is Ring Fit Adventure Labo. Labo. they Labo. each came with physical cards in case. This is another physical item. It's Mario Kart, and it doesn't come with a physical Mario. cart in case. That's not consistent at all. Mm-hmm. That's classic Nintendo, and the only thing that drives me nuts, because this would be something that would be super cool, but what drives me nuts about it, um, I don't have wood flooring. I have carpet. So, like, I couldn't even use the thing. What am I going to do? Draw it around my pool, and then if the thing malfunctions, the cart goes <laughs> right into my pool? Like, that's the only spot where I have some concrete in my in my house. <laughs> if I had hardwood, like, my wife wants to do hardwood in the living room, and she looked at me when I showed her this, and she was like, see, this is the reason I, sh- I want hardwood on the, in the living room. <laughs> oh, you, she did, Nintendo just cost you, like, thousands of dollars. What the hell, Nintendo? <laughs> 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 if if, uh, if I did have the hardwood there, like this would be closer to me getting it. If I had kids that were interested, then absolutely. But as it is with the digital code only and carpets, I'm passing. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, this is a hard pass for me just because of the price. Um, it's cool. Um, again, not practical. Don't have the, the facilities. And the fact that there's even no game is going to be like, it's going to be super niche. It's going to be even more niche than um, Labo. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what if it was $60 um, with the one cart, but those $100 was with two carts? It was like a two-player pack kind of deal. Would that be a better sell? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, $60 is your normal price. Doesn't Nintendo advertise playing together? I mean, it would just make sense to just give you two carts. Yeah, it would, but Mario Kart's also a single-player game, so <laughs> you're not always racing against each other. You're racing against the computer AI. That's it's, it's mm-hmm. true. It's true. Yeah, it's overall, super interesting. I would say, what did you th- what did you think about this direct or this oh, Mario direct? We, we missed we missed one we missed one major announcement. It's a big one. Big one. For the direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, what did I miss? Five. Mario yes. 35. Yes, yes, yes. That's Very probably Mario. my most excited thing. <laughs> I know. How could you forget that? that was awesome. You know what? There's just so much Mario. <laughs> Too much Mario. Too much. Yeah, so Mario 35, it's going to be like Tetris 99, but with 35 players where you play. It looks like possibly standard Mario one, but also maybe some special levels. Uh, every enemy you defeat can go to somebody else and vice versa if they're targeting you using a uh, a system where you want to target the person in the lead who has the most coins etc similar to tetris 99's formula 
and uh-huh. it is free for Nintendo Online members, but it goes away March 31st. Gross. Don't, like don't know if or if they're going to change it up or I think didn't Tetris 99 was not supposed to be a limited time thing and then they just kept it going because it was so popular. Could the same thing happen here? I mean, I hope it continues because unlike Tetris 99 where I'm nowhere near good at playing it, like Mario, I'll play that a ton and like I mean, that's yeah. obviously as soon as they drop that game, like we're going to make that a playcast episode for sure. Like we have to. Mm-hmm. It'll just be yep. super fun. My goal is I want to get first place once. I, I wanted to in Tetris, and there's no way in hell. I'm not good enough. Um, Mario, I can absolutely at least get first place at once. That's the goal. It's the dream. So so what you're saying is if you're playing and your Jeff is there, target him. Everyone target him. <laughs> good luck. Good luck, everyone. Bring it. <laughs> Honestly, like they need to do this with more franchises. Like, Why wouldn't we get this for like... I don't know, Super Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. Like, like more versus games where there's more craziness and insanity. Like, Well, they did this for the Mario 35. Imagine next year maybe they'll do something with Zelda or Metroid. Remember, it's Metroid's 35th anniversary yeah. next year, too. Just imagine, though, like Legend of Zelda original, thirty like 35 style. Like... Legend <laughs> Zelda 2 35 style. It's already grueling enough. Jesus, that'd be amazing, though. <laughs> Man, like thirty-five. So you're saying we could get a, a bunch of Metroid announcements next year too? I, I have a feeling that's where Metroid Prime Trilogy has been holding out for the 35th anniversary, and they're just going to use that as a celebration. Hmm. Double Once pack. Again, I'm okay with that. Double pack. Metroid Prime Trilogy and Metroid Prime Four with premium <coughs> edition. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff shoots for the moon. Hey, I mean, why not? so long and it makes sense i mean especially yeah. with COVID. if you were nintendo and you said well this anniversary is coming up we never celebrate it we have this already in, in done we just didn't put it out yet COVID hit let's save it for that like it just makes sense mm-hmm. exactly i mean it all makes sense i don't like that nintendo's limiting this digital um just because i mean this is a game that will if if there's not a ton of lag um which tetris 99 has been fine um, it should be a really, really fun game to play, like for the lifetime of the Switch. So why would you limit that? I get it, thirty fifth. Um, make some specific content for it that goes away, but keep the game. Mm-hmm. Like have a thirty fifth skin or something. I don't know. Did you see them continuing this on, adding new new worlds or or new starting points? Like not everyone starts at one one, maybe start at like five one, and then adding some single player content and a physical release of this, like Tetris ninety nine. Nintendo is notorious for lying. I mean, yeah, <laughs> because they said there's no more updates for Mario Maker two. <laughs> well, they didn't in... do an update. They just made a level. That's all yeah, it was. That's still an update. <laughs> uh, they, they could have done more. They could have done like a special thirty fifth skin or something but that was like the laziest i think of the uh cross promotions yeah but i mean they're do still doing something to the the final update and they're doing another another thing so i mean nintendo is classic for continuing things when they say they're not brothers you were only supposed to get characters and we got small battlefield out of nowhere (laughs) yeah i mean that's just it they might keep going who knows now that was the last piece, JP. 
Yeah, so there was another big announcement that happened this week on the same day, just maybe an hour or two before it. Oh my god, what was that one? Uh, it had to do with premium edition games. <laughs> yeah, it was so, ironic. Yeah. It wasn't like an hour after we announced our, our big news. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We, we put it out at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and I think Nintendo dropped theirs, what, 9, 10 o'clock? Man. So, you know, we were in the spotlight, I would say, for like a good hour, hour and a half maybe. So what's the news? <laughs> so after weeks of hearing about it and listening to everyone's feedback, we are happy to announce that we have partnered with Video Games Plus, a Canadian retailer and distributor, mm-hmm. uh, to handle our international shipping. So if you've been to the site recently or maybe you were only there on the first day, uh, international shipping is now turned off. So what that means is that if you've already placed an order with us and you wanted to get your shipping adjusted, you just contact support. And there was a newsletter that went out that's also all over our social media. If yeah. you're a new customer outside the U.S., we have a link right on our website. Or There's like right links there. in three different spots on every page that show yes. to where to go. Like it's on the main page, it's on our physical releases page and on the actual games page that have links to where to buy it. I think we still had a couple people asking and yes. we're just like, oh yeah, no, it's just right here. It's it's right here. Don't worry. Or you could, or you could go to videogamesplus.ca and right now you'll see it all over their front page, uh, all super blood hockey. But yeah, we're, we're really excited for this partnership. They're a great company, uh, really good reputation because once we announced it, I mean, I personally, across all the social media channels I follow, I did not see one person speak badly about Video Games Plus. It was all, this is great, you couldn't have picked a better company, their shipping is fantastic, and it really is. They were able to get the shipping down in line to essentially what we're shipping domestically. And he didn't talk about Canada, he talked about worldwide outside of the United States, because we're actually personally handling U.S.-based customers. Um, but worldwide, and it covers all those weird acronyms you guys keep asking us about. What are, what are they like? Yes, um, VAT taxes, VAT, DDP. Diamond Dallas those. pages and all the... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, people would ask us about that, and we're like, um, yeah, sorry, like, we, we can't handle that on our side. Well, the international distributor, they, they handle all of those things. They've been dealing with it for years. Yeah. And then um, for those who may be questioning it, it's the exact same release. So that slipcover, if you're pre-ordering it through Video Games Plus, you're getting the slipcover, the challenge card. Everything that we've advertised, you'll be getting with, with them. So, you know, we they're our exclusive partner in Canada. They're our exclusive international shipper. Um, and we're, we're excited. And I think the reception has been really well. Barry, you know, you're living in Discord. So how has it been over there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, been actually excellent. Everybody has been very appreciative of that. <clears throat> that was our number one complaint. And at support, <clears throat> I can't tell you how many emails I got. Just, oh, I want to buy this, but it's too high. I want to buy this, but the shipping's right. too high. Can you do something about the shipping? For weeks, I've um, just been getting a lot of emails about that. And I felt really bad. I was like, oh, I wish, I wish we could do something. And we definitely had something in the works, but we couldn't tell anybody uh, yet mm-hmm. until it was confirmed. But I was so happy to be able to email those people and say, hey, guess what? Now you can do Video Games Plus. And people have just been super happy. Um, people have been really appreciative of that because that was our real number one complaint. And we tackled it. And 
I've, I haven't seen anyone say, oh, well, I still have to pay. Like, no, everyone's just like, oh, wow, it's, it's that cheap for me now, international. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy because I'm going to get your game. And I understand that, you know, JP and I, were full set collectors, which means we are also setting, you know, from, from European and from Asian territories, which means we do pay some high shippings for some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get that, we feel that pain, and we're happy that we can now not have you guys pay that higher price. You guys can get a great deal on a great game from a great company. A great. It's a lot of greats there, Barry. <laughs> so, so I think it's been a, a a really good week for us. I will also say, just as a reminder, if you haven't pre-ordered your copy of Super Blood Hockey, you have until September 22nd, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, because we are shutting it off. The game's going into production. Uh-huh. We have a estimated release date of December 7th right now that we're aiming and to I, meet. And I so will we, yeah. say... While, um, you know, like we are shutting it off, we're not putting it back up till we have copies in hand, but we don't know how many copies that's going to be. It might not be right. a ton because we have right. distribution deals, people. That's the one thing that I keep telling people is like, okay, yeah, we're not, you know, we know what the minimum print run is on the Nintendo Switch, but we're doing distribution deals and that's not our only distribution deal. Like we have to wait for the ink to dry on on who we're working with before we announce anything. And so there are distribution deals. We don't know how many copies are going to be left. There might only be a handful left when we have them in hand. And then we're like, okay, well, that was the print run. Right. Like, like, it's true. Like legitimate, like limited stuff, like unintentionally limited, but limited. Um, If people buy games, cool. If they don't, um, and we, we hit the minimum, you know what the minimum is, people. Yeah, and I will say, you know, we do have the notify when back in stock option on our other games that aren't even up for sale yet. So we'll have the same thing on Super Blood Hockey. It'll yep. it'll be a pop up on that page, and you know, that's essentially what we're probably going to be working off of if we have copies. Or and you know, we won't know how many until the pre order window closes, and even then, you know, we are going to be waiting, like Jeff said, until they're in hand. So um, if if you're thinking of getting the game, just pre order it. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss this. And, you know, it's our first game, and it's it's fun. It's a fun time Whoa. to be part of the growing premium edition games community. The crazy thing is is that, like, we've been busy. That's the thing. Like, off of Playcast and actually making physical items, like, there are tons of games. I, I posted this weekend that I've been trying out uh, tons of games. And we, we are. We're, we're constantly, and it has to be... Like, for us, it has to be, like, a home run, knock it out of the park, and connect with us. And that's our main piece. Uh, So we're not Mm -hmm. releasing just any old game when we put out a game. It has to be a really fun one. And the developers have to be as into it as as we are, too. Which sometimes, some developers, they're going on to the next game and stuff. And, like, we want to make a comprehensive, fun history piece where we want to talk about everything and do all this th- all of the things. Um, it's like Loren from uh, Super Blood Hockey. He's super passionate, and that's a perfect example of, like, a good, fun release for everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say the, the first three, or the three games that we've announced, all the developers and the publishers have been very involved, um, very, very receptive, very excited, and... Yeah, I mean, that's honestly one of the criteria. It's not just the game has to be good and a game that, you know, all three of us would want to play and own. But we want the developers, and if there's a, a digital publisher involved, we want them to be involved with the game too. Um, 
because it's it's their project, it's their baby. They they spent all this time and effort and money into making this quality game. So you know we look at that as well. So if you are a developer and you have a game, contact us. Let's take a look. Let's uh, talk. So and and in classic playcast since we've launched the company fashion uh the one cool thing i can share with the listeners is we did get the challenge cards in the mail mm-hmm. um they're and they're samples um what i mean by samples is is that i'll order a small batch just to check it out um these are definitely getting kicked back because the border is not symmetric enough for me so this mm-hmm. won't be like because there's like a even on the promo images there's like a white border around it i actually don't like how the cut is on the on the borders um on the the back side i i'm not as critical of the border being perfect because that is a thing with um sports cards is the centering of an image because every time mm-hmm. there's a cut the centering won't be perfect but <clears throat> on the front i just don't quite like the non-asymmetricalness so the actual final one will not have a border on the front um of super blood hockey but i do have the challenge card and going in line with that I do have the actual patches, the challenge patches in hand, all of them. So I got all over, I got a thousand patches sitting now here, and those I mail out by hand when people complete the challenges. Something JP already wants to show off, and I'm like, not yet, JP, not yet. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have to have the actual card in hand. So when I get the next batch of sample cards, because I'm going to do another batch. Um, then I will uh, make sure. And yes, JP and Barry have to earn the damn patches. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get the patch until they earn it, everyone. That's everybody has to earn it. I have to earn it myself. Can't I can't put it on my Premium Edition Games jean jacket until... <laughs> until we, and, and that being said, though, I do need to get some Premium Edition uh, giant patches. Um, those will probably be a little more expensive because I'm not doing a thousand of them. I'm just going to do a right. book. Like, if you guys want one, which I would assume, then get one. But um, yeah. that, that'll be something that we can make available online. It'll be not super cheap, maybe a couple bucks. It's not right. expensive. But it'll be a couple bucks, and it'll be something if you're going to do like me and do a jean jacket because I'm going to do a cut-off sleeves jean jacket. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have it so when we go to conventions, I'll have our patches but again, I have to earn it too. Um, and some of these challenges are not going to be easy. Uh, talking with um, Matt from Robot Name Fight. Oh yeah, that challenge is going to be a, a, a character builder. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, Good luck, everyone. Game genie for this. <laughs> game genie. <laughs> I can't play them all for you, JP. Jeez. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am excited about the uh, challenge cards because you know right now we've been talking about it. No one's seen it. You know they've read. They've read, you know, a description on the website, but I think it's going to be really cool once we show off, you know, what it looks like minus the challenge because you're not going to know what the challenge is until you open up your copy of the game yep. and then you see it. But, no, I'm, I'm loving the idea of the patches, and it's funny because, you know, over the last two weeks, we've actually been doing some interviews, mm-hmm. and one that I did was with Sports Byline, and the person said, oh, it's a retro reward. And I'm like, I really like that term. Like, I didn't think about it before, but I'm like, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. I mean, that's the inspiration where it came from back, you know, as Jeff has mentioned, through the um, Activision challenges during the Atari days. But it's a retro reward, and I'm glad we're doing it because it really does add another layer to just buying a game. You're buying and a game. You mentioned, what was it, Sports Byline? 
Um, yep. The audio is available. I think we may be putting it on our YouTube yes. channel, right? Yes. So right now we got the audio. We're just um, we're just modifying it a little bit to put it up on YouTube, and then once we do, um, you know, we'll put a blog post as well. We'll share it on social media. Uh, but you'll get to hear JP on the radio uh, talking all about Super Blood Hockey and Premium Edition games, and then. Uh, coming hopefully in the next week or so, mm-hmm. Jeff and I were on a, a relatively newer website slash podcast. It's called Geeks Who Love Sports. Yep. And we got to talk with two great hosts, uh, again, all about super blood hockey. Uh, they have a rich games. history in yeah. games, the games industry and prints. Like some of them did. I know one of the, the hosts was in, I, what's it? Which um which one was it? Was EGM? He was the sports editor. Yes. Yeah. Gaming yeah, magazine back in the day. Yeah. Um, so he's EGM sports editor, and they did some. It was really cool. They did some research on us, so they knew some things about us, and it was stuff that I was like, oh, cool. Uh-huh. So so they sprung that on us, and we did show off the challenge card, which is the one with the border. But um, we showed it off yep. without without showing off the challenge because I I conveniently put my thumb over the challenge. Um, but we did show off the challenge card on the video version of that podcast as i'm I'm, i would assume they did audio and we did say that's where it will debut so we will keep to that so that Mm -hmm. um once they air that you'll get at least the first take of the card uh which i think is still going to be exciting to see Uh, but then on top of that barry you've also been on a few podcasts yourself recently yes yeah so uh i've been on the uh we the gamer cast, which should be going live today, where I did mention talked about premium edition games a bit, and I was also a guest host on the latest Nintendo Everything podcast, which right. is available right now to listen. Uh, went live yesterday, and during the adventure log segment, I absolutely talked all about premium edition games, and and you know really you know took took everybody by surprise. They didn't you know the host was like, wait, what? Really? This is so cool, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Uh, just to hear that surprise, because you know we we did kind of just come out of nowhere, but we come out of nowhere in a big way, and uh, so you can listen to that. That is available right now, and of course uh, did talk about it previously on the, the latest Nintendo Fuse podcast as well. Where mm-hmm. I will continue to talk Premium Edition when we have cool stuff to, to announce after we announce it here. Yeah, and I will say that if uh, you haven't heard Barry as the co-host on Nintendo Everything, that'll be going up on our social media channels uh, just a little bit today. Or actually, whenever you hear this, it'll already be up, but uh, <laughs> you'll be seeing it soon. And I do want to say thanks to everybody that's already supported us. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, appreciate it, and it will definitely help us you know, build steam and um, continue because the thing is, as long as everybody's supporting us, we're going to continue to do awesome releases and we are already doing the physical orders. Like, we're not waiting. Like, people were like, oh, you got to sell out of all the amounts of games. I'm like, you don't have to sell out on the entire run of games in order to order those the switch physical games like you absolutely don't like even from our first like week of sales we have enough to start the physical production so guess what we did we started the physical production in the first week um it's just it takes a long time to get everything looking professional and correct and 
that's my main thing is is that we're gonna make it as premium as possible like it's gonna be something where when you get it you're gonna be like okay yeah this is amazing like this is exactly what they've been telling us this is what we've been talking about it has all the bells and whistles i want all the different history of art and art pieces that we want um i mean like i like we were going back and forth uh, this weekend on the manual and I mean, we've had a few people out there working on, um, you know, shooting us their style of manuals. And I'm like, this is kind of an art book. We, we need an actual traditional manual. And I sent JP a picture. I don't know if I sent it to you, Barry, but I will. Um, it was literally like, hey, working on the manual is a picture of Super Blood Hockey and Ice Hockey for the NES. I literally have the Ice Hockey manual. <laughs> and I'm looking through it for inspiration and formatting. So, like, there's some certain layouts and designs that I'm going to mirror even on the front of the manual we have the classic um icon from super blood hockey the head-to-head -head that digerati created for the release i have that on the front of the manual but then i took the text and i kind of italicized and made it go diagonally like ice hockey on the nes where it says instruction booklet it's like a more like a italicized and it goes like upward up to the bottom bottom left to the top right it like kind of does like a little slant type deal so i actually mirroring even that on the front like it's gonna be lots of cool little things um that i'm doing i recreated a scene on the back so uh, for the xbox live uh they did digerati and loren did a really crazy looking one where they're like playing super blood hockey in a, in a game room the hockey players are and I took off the Super Blood Hockey logo off of the poster and I put Loren's pixelated picture. Like they have Loren <laughs> on their wall. <laughs> it's just like, it's just on the back. It's so funny like, to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, we have a picture of Loren Lemenke on, on our on our wall. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Yeah, I just, every single page is going to have like little Easter eggs and tidbits. That's kind of how I always build my manuals. It's, it's just fun that way. And, uh, I mean, we just got in, I think it was today, um, Loren actually wrote a uh, piece to all the uh, players in, in the manual. So it's gonna he's going to introduce the manual, mm -hmm. saying, hey, thanks for whatever, here's this, good luck, kind of, like, kind of thing, which is pretty funny. <laughs> but that's the kind I of thing we want to do. <laughs> I just picture Loren as the coach during the, uh, the training where he's like, yeah, people said this game's too hard, and it is. Like, if you're not good at it, it's probably because you suck. Like, that's what I'm just picturing him in his mind, where he's like, enjoy the game, everybody. Like, hope you have fun. And he's really just thinking, like, you're in for a world of hurt in a good way. We're about to throw his, you into the dumpster. His t-shirt says what? T-shirt says get good on it. Get good. I mean, I honestly, so like, we do need some t-shirts. Um, I think that we need to have uh, Erica do some T-shirts for us, JP. Um, yes, you know, switch core member. Yeah, and so I think one of them for Super Blood Hockey literally needs to be one of the players getting thrown into a dumpster. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm typing that to her now. Thrown <laughs> in dumpster. I'll explain the context later to her. No, no, no context. Just see where, see where it goes. <laughs> see where it goes. No, but it's like. Oh hilariously because i mean we did have some uh requests for for some t-shirts and stuff which we think will be cool i'm probably not going to do a t-shirt of the month or anything like some of the other companies are doing but like just have some 
fun shirts that we can wear to conventions whenever conventions ever open in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yay! <sighs> so, do we need to talk about the game of the episode, or do we have anything else for news? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like those were the two big things that happened in the world of Nintendo Switch last week. Yeah, I think so, too. I was just making sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm good with going into the game. Oh, ready? We ready. All right. So, um, game of the episode is Dr. Kiwashima's Brain Training for Nintendo Switch. Um, it was developed by in joint by Nintendo, but also by a company called Indie Zero. Um, have you guys heard of Indie Zero before? Nope. I hadn't. Okay, so Indie Zero is an interesting one because I only know it because my favorite television show of all time is called Game Center CX. Have either of you heard of Game Center CX? Yes. Nope. So Game Center CX is a television show in Japan where a comedian, Shinra Arino, plays video games but plays them pretty poorly. Um, <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like He started playing pretty poorly. It's in like the 25th or 26th season. Not episode, season. Um, he's been doing this for years. He's traveled the world. He um, has been on Nintendo Directs with Iwata and with my, Miyamoto playing Mario Maker, mm. um, playing lots of stuff. Well, Indie Zero created Retro Game Challenge on the Nintendo DS, which is Game Center CX in Japan. Um, mm. They And basically, Retro Game Challenge is a compilation of Indie retro style Nintendo games that you play challenges on, which is amazing. Uh, then they did a sequel on the DS, Game Center CX2, which has a fan translation, but it also jumps into Game Boy and Super Nintendo. And then they did a 3DS uh, one that wasn't as well received because I think that they kind of took away some of the, the fun and inspiration of the original two. But... Indie Zero is a super talented company, um, and it looks like Nintendo has like brought them on because if they're putting them in charge of brain training, um, it's an interesting piece. It was directed by Kenta Kubo and uh, produced and artist and composed by a lot of Japanese names that I could butcher right now. <laughs> it Go was, for it, Jeff. I want to hear this. No way! Um, <laughs> it was released in Japan on December 27th of 2019 and released in Europe and Australia only January 3rd of 2020. Does not have a U.S. release, which is odd because uh, the original Brain Age series, Brain Age, um, on the DS was really popular. Um... So let's go over a little bit of the wallpaper. It uh, builds upon the previous installments by adding puzzles and minigames to strengthen players' memory and concentration skills. The game contains previous puzzles in the series, all of which are taught by Dr. Kiyoshima. The puzzles in the game take advantage of some of the Nintendo Switch's functionality, such as the gyroscope and the IR sensors. Uh, physical editions of the game include a stylus, which aid in the touchscreen puzzles as an alternate alternative to using your fingers. Um, there also are different pieces where you take off your um, and use your Nintendo Switch's IR sensors where you're like putting up fingers and stuff, which I literally would never use because I don't use my Joy-Cons, so I didn't play those modes while we played. Um, you have two different games of play in the game. You have Quick Play, where you can practice everything, and Daily Training. 
It's mostly played in handheld mode, um, with very, very, barely any reliance on the TV. Um, and it's held vertically mostly during the, um, so like tape mode, uh, during the, uh, play where you're, when you're touching the screen. So you're using it as a long vertical, almost like a book. Uh, there are 24 different unique puzzles. Um, and in quick play, you play it at your own pace. There's even a really, really chill Dr. Mario style game that you can use mm-hmm. to, to unwind. And it has the classic brain age check, which we get to see how old we are, um, here on the episode today. See who, um, who had a, a fast brain. Uh, as you solve puzzles quickly, 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 um, the younger your brain age will be. And this game also has a weekly championship mode where you connect online, playing versus a variety of three different games where you only get two attempts um, to solve the puzzles as fast as you can. Um, there was three or four. There may have been four on the one that I did. Um, I, did I didn't do this weekends because technically we would have recorded. I did it the weekend before. And I did mm-hmm. two. I did two of them because two of them were like the finger ones that use the IR, so I didn't do them. Um, and basically, you get uh, you get your access to all the performances on Monday after your Saturday championship, and they do different events every week. So it's really cool if you're importing this game. There's actually a weekly competition you can be a part of. I don't know if either of you guys did the competition, but. Yes. Um, how far did you guys do, or what did you do? Uh, we'll go with JP. Sure. So, in true JP fashion, I played this game uh, one time. So I, <laughs> played it, I played it Friday night. But I would say that I played it for at least one to two hours. Um, because what it is is, you know, when you set up your account, they go through the tutorial, they go through the history of, you know, why this game was created and kind of how the study is used and, and the metrics. So right. I did all that. You take your initial test to see, you know, what age your brain is, and I'm a, I'm a sprightly young eighty-year-old. <laughs> Classic uh, JP. And, and it's funny, you know, I called Jeffrey and I go, uh, so I'm, I feel like they just give everybody, you know, an eighty-year-old to to motivate them, and he's like, no, no, I'm like in the, you know, I'll let him tell you what I'm, but I'm just like, oh, oh man, like it really is customized, so. I think I'm as old as you possibly can be in this game, uh, which just teaches me that I need to uh, I need to use this uh, to really uh, develop myself. But what's interesting is that when you first start, they give you a, a test in a sense to measure your brain, and the game was rocks paper scissors. So it's really the first time I used the Joy-Con with the AR camera. And mm. what it is is you put it down. You can either hold it in one hand, but I put it down on the edge of the table, and and there's two options that'll happen in the game you either have to beat the computer so if they show rock you know you put paper and you make the paper hand symbol with your hand or it says you have to purposely lose so if they show rock you know you put scissors and i'm telling you one it was very accurate like i never had an instance where i you know i did one uh gesture and it it picked up as another but the other thing is it's hard i mean like your brain really has to adapt because it's like win and then they show you something then they'll say lose and then lose again, then win. And I I was not fast enough in some cases, so, like, you know, the game kept going. And in others, I just, you know, couldn't comprehend what it was asking me quick enough, so I was doing the wrong thing. But it, it was really f- fun um, because I've never done something like that with the Switch before. So then, you know, after, after they give you your brain uh, age, 
then it shows you a calendar and it says, okay, you know, do these daily activities. And when you're done, you kind of put like a check mark on the calendar. Get your stamp, JP. Get your stamp. So I, I went through pretty much all of the activities that were currently available because as you play more, you'll unlock uh, different exercises. So you mm-hmm. start with a base, and you know one of them was uh, mathematical questions. So it was, I think it was a round of twenty-five or fifty, and it's how fast you could do it. Then there's reading comprehension, and um, where you have to just read an article out loud really fast, and it doesn't it doesn't catch you're not. You're not reading for sorry. You're not reading for comprehension of the article, but it's to train your brain to just read quickly, and then they have you read it again. And then when you're done, you just you know click OK. Um, so I did that as well. Uh, then there was there was a, a memory game where you look at a picture, and then they show you another picture, and you have to select what the previous picture was. And it, oh my God, that's so confusing for me. The only way I could do that one, JP, is out loud. So I'm like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, all right, dog with yellow. And then I go to the next one. It's like purple flower. And then purple flower, right, because then they mirror it. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is that they actually say that, even with the math problems, it's better to read it out loud. And I did the exact same thing because I was like, yellow flower, turtle looking right, like, orange mountain like something like that and i and it, it got progressively harder because it starts with two pictures to choose from and then it goes up to four yeah. but you have to remember the previous picture while also remembering what picture you're seeing on the screen for when the next round goes um and i mean i had a lot of fun with this did you uh, and then did you unlock or get to play dual task no oh dual okay. task is like you literally have to do hurdles where you have to tap the screen to jump over hurdles while you're selecting as they move around eventually the highest number on the screen. Wow. Yeah, this, this game is... It's birds, so when you think, oh, there's a hurdle, i got to quickly hit it. Jumping actually hurts you. It's a mistake. They really <laughs> trick you. And then, I, and as Jeff mentioned, there is a weekly comp- global competition. So I, yeah. I did take part in it because it was on Saturday, and I went through four different activities, uh, I think they say the results get posted on Monday, so I haven't checked yet. Yeah. But there was about 4,000 people online while I was doing it. So it's really impressive uh, that, So I mean, it, the game so is... Interesting, yeah. JP. Um, so I did mine, um, and I did competition, it looks like 29, which was last week's. Um, yeah. My brain age, by the way, is 41, JP. 41. Of course it is. <laughs> um, so... I had to do the only two I did was calculations times twenty five, and I got it mm-hmm. done in thirty three seconds. Wow! And I was number three thousand eight hundred and fifty six out of five thousand four hundred and fourteen. So uh, that's oh like God. poor. And I, so I got a C on that one in thirty three wow. seconds. Yeah. Um, so people are fast apparently, way faster than me. I'm in Europe, and then the other one was dual task. And I ended up getting 38 seconds. Um, I was number 1,854 out of 5,200. So I got an A minus on that one. That's not bad. So that, that one was pretty good. I was the only U.S. person, too, apparently. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the one thing I'm noticing is like I'm the only U.S. nerd that's doing all this. Um, the Wait, other you're one, representing us that you're in the thousands? That's not good, Jeff. Mm-mm. I'm in the, t- <laughs> I'm in the top, uh, top 10%. <laughs> Was that 
I said, USA, USA. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but yeah, I ended up... Um, I want to say that, though, you mentioned you were like 80 when you started. I think I was also like 60 when I started. Um, yeah. But like when I... My last brain age was, was 41. So We'll just like to say that I don't sleep, and I did this at 11 at night, so I'd like to think that affected my age just a little bit. But it just shows the importance <sighs> that... JP says sleep. he doesn't sleep. JP sleeps. I... I you know what? I'm actually surprised I was able to complete these challenges with no sleep. But I, I will say I've always enjoyed like math problems, and it was quite fun to to go really quick because during the like the daily practice, I think it was only 50 questions. But during the global competition, it was 100 uh, math questions, and I did 100 in just under I think two minutes and 44 seconds with two wrong. Because for the life of me, I did not know what nine times seven was. It's sixty-three, by the way. Is um, it? Oh, okay. I, I, I'm telling you, if you gave me that equation on Saturday and you were like, your entire switch collection will burn in flames if you don't get this right, at least once out of two times, that whole collection would be gone. I just did not know <laughs> what nine times seven was for the life of me, and, and I know numbers, but and I was just like, I know there must be a number that equals nine times seven. But I just can't think what it is. Um, so of course, you know, once I finish, I look online. I'm like, ah, 63. I'm like, I never use that number. You looked online so, instead of a calc. <laughs> what? I I had to Google it. Uh. Oh, I I use like a Google calculator. What? <laughs> Here's Siri. What's oh uh? What's now I know why your brain age is 80. <laughs> Alexa, what is nine times seven? I'm sorry, guys. I I felt no, so poorly. Basic but I, math. <laughs> I will I will say though like this is one of those games it's funny I'm a I'm a hardcore physical collector this is a game that I would want to get digitally only because I would yeah. want to use this every day and I would not want to pop it in and out of you know my system mm-hmm. but I would Great. I could see myself using this because it is it is fun I really enjoy it and I like the idea of you know it's you're you're playing a game but at the same time you really are I mean, not cliche or anything, but you are training your brain. Um, and I think it's very helpful and useful. Like, I, I see a lot of merit to it. And at the same time, it's just, I don't feel like I do enough of that, like the, the um, analytical exercises and, and things like that. But with that said, you know, besides just uh, that Dr. Ma- uh, Mario type of game, they also yeah. had Sudoku in there. And I did play Sudoku, I, I think for the first time in years and i found it to be quite fun so there's a lot of content in this in this uh game i feel like it's like super challenging even on easy the sudoku's like harder than like hard on normal sudoku games that we have on the switch oh good i was able to do it in like seven minutes um i did all the practice or uh like the practice uh examples and then i did the first one on easy and i was able to do it um all right on the first try and and Sudoku's fun, and I, I like that it's also included in here. It's just there's a lot there's a lot of content in the brain training, and I'm very surprised the U.S. did not get this because there's really no reason we shouldn't have seen a, a physical release of this one. So, did we even I, get I, a digital release? I don't think we did. I was looking, at it, and I don't think so. And, and like you said, like I agree that. It not it being physical is actually to his detriment on the switch because I don't want to sit there and have to swap it out. Like 
It just yeah. needs to be on my Switch to be able to play. And you really only need to play like three mini games, and then it's like, all right, are you done for the day? Like you're you're good for your right. training. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, but then it's like, well, do I really want to keep that game on hand, the cartridge on hand at all times, uh, and right. and the stylus? That there's no real spot for the stylus like there was with the DS. That's where the DS it worked really well because again you'd have the stylus with you. Whereas this one, it's kind of inconvenient. Maybe that's why they didn't bring it over. But again, do it digital only and make this the um, stylus somehow attached to the switch, and then we're good. Mm. Barry. Yes. How old are you, what, Barry? <laughs> yeah. What's your age? So uh, I started this up on Monday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday, and I played every day up until yesterday. I didn't, I didn't log in yet today. Mm-hmm. And I started up, and I think my age was like 60 or 65 when I started. I was like, ooh, God, that's bad. Mm-hmm. So I started working every day, doing most of the, the different uh, games. I'm not a huge fan of Sudoku, so I only did that like once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reading aloud was great. The calculations was great. The, the two tasks, the dual task. At first... I, I didn't like it just because like when I needed a hurdle, I wanted to just tap like just above the numbers, and you have to go to the top of the screen to tap. I'm like, really? I just I, I want to just tap quickly. Even no, I had to be a little more uh, conscientious of it. But I did like that the more I played it. The memory thing really screwed me up. Like the one I absolutely hate is here's a list of uh, words. Memorize <laughs> these words. Oh, I'm terrible at that. Right write down which ones i am terrible at that i am absolutely terrible at straight memorization that quickly with that pressure mm-hmm. um i did ter- I was like here's 30 words and i got like 11 of them i'm like oh yeah this <laughs> just, just, just definitely a weak point of mine um but the i did the competition this saturday i just didn't get the results um but the, the calculation times 100 turned my brains to melt like it was just like so many i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and i got oh we got them all right but it was just like oh my god that that was just too much, too quickly, you know. He knew seven times nine without Google. <laughs> yes, I could do it without Google. Um, <laughs> the, the camera thing was cool because the rock, paper, scissor worked really well. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one with uh, fingers, where it's how many fingers, like, do, it's finger math. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's only going to be, the answer is going to be zero to, or no, one to five. I don't think zero is ever an answer. And the first time I did it, I didn't get the best time because I was doing, with rock, paper, scissors, you put your hand there and then immediately pull it out for the next one. And mm-hmm. I was doing the same thing with the number math. So it would be show like two fingers, you know, on one hand plus two fingers on another, you have to show four fingers. So I'd show, show four fingers and i pull my hand out of the camera and keep doing that. And then I realized, oh, no, the way you're supposed to do that and get a better time is you keep a fist in this, the camera the whole time and just wow. quickly put up the fingers. So when I did it the second time, it was significantly faster because it was, you know, I didn't have to constantly pull in and out with my hand. And that's that was a really cool game because I hadn't used that IR camera since playing 1-2 Switch on the, the, so like the launch. you war-gamed it. You made it great. So what? You war-gamed it. You made it work. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I mean, and it's the same thing when you're doing double task um if you keep your left thumb over by the um over by the hurdles you just tap it every time you need to jump the hurdle instead of moving your so right hand up right hand it's like nope. that, that's a good idea i didn't even think about that i was using war gaming got a war game this stuff <laughs> but uh 
but yeah, so when I redid the test, I got a brain age of 37, which is my actual age. And they said like, oh, that's actually your age. That's very good. Um, So it it definitely helped playing. And I I didn't do like 100 different things. I I did a little bit of Germ Buster, Buster, which which has a really cool uh, remix of Dr. Mario's theme. I don't know if you play with the volume on, but it has a really cool remix of Dr. Mario. Oh, it'll be at the Um, end of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, because it is, and that's actually Doctor Mario World. That's that's the mobile game of Doctor Mario on the phone. Is exactly what Germ Buster is with the touch and everything, which mm. I found kind of funny. But yeah, I didn't unlock it all. There's a piano game which I didn't exactly yeah. enjoy either, just because I didn't know where the keys were. Like, is it's if I knew piano, it'd be a lot more fun. They were labeled, so you kind of had to like look and do it slowly. Um, yes, I slowly. I couldn't play fast. It, 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 like when I was doing it, I actually got like never got any errors, and it was like really nice. But you, I didn't know what song it was until I like heard it later, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that song's supposed to be. But in reality, mine's like ding, 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 and I'm, like real slow. <laughs> on playing I, I the song, but it was it was like when it came up like C D you know f and i was like all right where are those in the keys because like if this was violin my fingers would, would be doing it just normally because i played it for so many years but piano if you said where's the c key i'd be like i don't know it's on the left or the right you know like, <laughs> i don't know those things um but yeah it, w- it was a lot of fun and like you i'm really shocked this didn't come here um my wife actually started playing it with me she was like oh yeah i love brain age on the ds i want to play so she's been playing it every day too uh nice. And she's like, I, I do wish that this was kind of digital just so that, you know, and again, it's one of those quick check games. Um, it, it would benefit from being digital. Um, and I did check. It's not on the American eShop, but it is on the European eShop. So you can create a European account and download it that way. Um, I don't know if we're going to do that or just keep popping the cartridge in and out and swapping. <laughs> can, I, can I say one thing, though? And, and it's funny because I, I never, oh, I'm going to say it anyway. I never <laughs> thought about it. But, you know, I've had people go like, oh, if you buy a, uh, like a international game, can you play online? And I should have always known this answer. And for some reason, I just don't know if I normally just play with U.S. games. But this one clearly shows, you know, we're both playing with European copies and we're playing online with the global ranking with our yeah. U.S. account. So, yeah. yes, you absolutely can. Uh, so I kind of just want to say that because I'm not sure if everybody knows that. I definitely didn't know off the top of my head. But it's nice that... The Switch is region-free because we can enjoy this game, and you can import it. For honestly, like it's not expensive to import because you can go to Shop for Mega Store, you can go to Amazon UK, you can go to Base.com, and they all come with the stylus inside the case, which is also a nice little bonus goodie that you get for getting this game. This is a good quality, too. It's hefty. Yeah, Wait. it's it's really nice. And I think it's probably around the same heftiness as the uh, the Mario Maker 2 one that oh, was available. Better. I have which that. one's better? Uh, the Brain Age one is better. It's it's much oh, nice. thicker and heavier. Um, it's the same length, it's same width, but it's just heftier. I'm holding both of my hands right now. Um, the actual nice. the actual tip is like almost like cloth for the Brain Age one, whereas it's rubber mm-hmm. for Mario Maker two. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah, but they're almost the same like stylus, which is pretty crazy. But it's like heftier for the Brain Age. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Nice. So, anybody have any final thoughts on the game? I mean, I um, recommend it. It's fun. Yeah, me too. It's great. Yep. I I wish that they would do a 
US version. It could be digitally only for all I care because like we all mentioned, it would be better as a digital only, ironically. We already have it physically. I know Barry doesn't want to double dip, so don't bring it physically for Barry. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it physically for Barry, but uh, I, it would be great to be able to you know, have more people participate with the online competitions. Yeah, and I will say, sorry, Barry. <laughs> Not just for me, but for JP too, because JP would have to buy it a second time digitally because that is, or physically because that is a different name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, and again, I, I that doesn't bother me. Uh, it's so <laughs> infrequent where I have to really double dip. Uh, but I will say this: if you're thinking of getting it, I'm on shopformegastore.com right now. It says limited availability, so they have a few copies left. It's thirty-two dollars with free shipping. And it comes with a stylus. So honestly, that's probably a better price than even what we paid for it when it came out. Um, so if you're thinking about getting it, Shop for Megastore has it right now. And you can get it. Right now. Uh... Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sure because the other three Brain Age games all came to America. And Brain Age was very successful on the DS as part of their Blue Ocean strategy. And they even did like the Brain Academy and the Big Brain Academy on like the Wii also successful for their their Blue Ocean strategy, and it seems like the Switch has been like the best of both worlds. I'm really shocked they didn't. I mean, it's already in English; it's already translated. Like NOA would all they would have to do is change the name to Brain Age and call it whatever Brain Age for Nintendo Switch is probably. They want to? No, they would because it's name recognition. Uh-huh. Like like in in Europe, I believe they're all brain training. In Europe, in America, it's always uh, been. If they called uh, it brain age, they probably would have had more sales. Yeah, it's it's a very yeah. well known IP, uh, and even like you know they, the 3DS had like the concentration training. So it's it's shocked that they didn't bring it here, and they probably would be lazy in Nintendo fashion, just call it brain age for Nintendo Switch, um, which is which is exactly what they did for Europe, and I think it would sell. I think it would sell well. I think it would target the demographic that got the switch maybe they got the switch for animal crossing they're not super hardcore gamers maybe they had a wii i mean 100 million people had a wii and uh, you know they might recognize these type of games or ds ds was 145 million you know a lot of people had brain age oh really cool now i can get that i don't have to get my old ds out i love that um i think it would sell and especially right now with covid um where they're we don't know what they're doing this seems like an easy filler to you know, game to fill their library or their their calendar at least because it's already in English. It's it's done. <laughs> so do you know I what was... else um, Indies Zero did? I just looked it up. Um, they did NES Remix One and Two, which is another Wii U title that mm-hmm. could come over to the Switch. And on the Switch, Sushi Striker: Way of the Sushido. They did 3DS as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But they did the uh, Switch. So they did have an, another Switch game, and it was released in the U.S. by Indie Zero for anybody who's interested in checking out their work. Um, I, that's one game I didn't buy for the Switch, but still, cool. Very cool. I heard that was one game that's better on the 3DS because it was designed for the 3DS and then just ported to the Switch. Oh, and I did criticize the third game of Game Center CX. It actually wasn't developed by Indie Zero. So there we go. That's why. They actually mm. didn't develop it, so that's why it didn't have the same feel. Makes sense now. See, it all comes around <laughs> full circle. Are are they just partners, or are they second party with Nintendo, or like, like? Um, so they've been developing with Nintendo since '97 on the Super Nintendo. They did some uh, Satellaview games. 
Um, nice. And so they've been work. They worked on Mario Party E for the Game Boy Advance. They've worked on a lot of gimmicky, more like like uh, multi games. You know, like NES Remix or even Game Center. Um, and they've just been working hand in hand with Nintendo and Square because they also did uh, theater rhythm games. The, I love theater rhythm yeah, games. Yeah, they did Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Curtain Crawl, and Dragon Quest. Um, that why I like those. They're, they're a good studio. Oh, yeah, they're really crazy. Um, the guy who founded it founded it when he was 24. <laughs> founded the company. And You know, with with the Wii U ports coming over and NES Remix being one of them that didn't come over, could you imagine if they do that and do like an SNES Remix as well? Like, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. so easy to do in the hindsight. And I think that would sell really well right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... There's so many cool things that they're they're working on that like it's just a solid company. Um, I like seeing that they're still releasing things. I wish they would bring this game stateside. But it is very import friendly. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm, I'm actually com- surprised that they don't have just like Professor Mario, and just advertise it that way in the U.S. I feel like wouldn't that just sell even better? Oh. I mean, but then you'd have people complaining that Nintendo's not trying to do, um, you know, their own IPs, new IPs. You know, I would say no, and the reason being is Dr. Uh, Kawashima is actually, like, his own character in the Nintendo universe. He's an assist trophy in Smash Brothers to represent Brain Age, so... Demon Kawashima. That's a good point. They they do count it as its own IP, and... There's, there's no reason to bring it into the Mario umbrella. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I don't think we did a poll or anything. So, um, we can go into what we're gonna play for the game of the week, and I think we're doing something new for the game of go the for week. Yeah. So, so yeah, Barry was like, "Hey, what are we gonna do for for Mario game for Mario 35?" And I was like, <laughs> "Let's play Super Mario World on Switch Online." Mm-hmm. But I do want to up the ante. Um, I think also, as a follow-up to our Mario Maker 2, we should try playing oh, each playing a world on Super Mario Maker 2, like one of the actual worlds that somebody creates. Oh, that, that could go horribly wrong. <laughs> yes. So any of the listeners right now, um, if you've created a world, give us your code, and we will Ooh, play your I world. Like um, otherwise, we all can try it. My recommendation when you go on there is look for one that has a lot of followers. So if you look on there, there'll be a bunch of numbers next to the next to all the worlds. If you pick one with the giant play um, list, usually it's fair. The one thing that you guys don't realize is it's no longer like Kaizo Mario where they try to kill you all the time. Like people are making comprehensive worlds. Um, I was playing one over the weekend because I, I tend to just play it for fun now. Um, and I was playing mm-hmm. it I was playing it uh, like two nights ago on Friday night and or no Saturday night, Saturday night. Um, I was playing on Saturday night and it was like literally somebody was remaking uh, Super Mario 3D world levels in 2D. And nice. it was fun, and there's tons of power-ups, and not it's not super difficult. Um, some of those, uh, I'd be wary that once you get to the second, third world, the kick gloves come off, and then it becomes crazy. Um, <laughs> I've seen that, too. But 
I think that we should all play through some Mario World. Uh, you guys noticed that I played Mario 3 in my Nintendo like a, a few weeks ago where I just played it and beat mm. it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm probably going to play it and likely go my classic speedrun route of the Star World and see how long it takes me to beat Mario World. Classics. Nice. So, Classic. so join us with some Super Mario World on Nintendo Switch Online. Awesome. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Barry, did you do the dollar challenge? JP did not. <laughs> did you do the dollar challenge? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm out. <laughs> I did the dollar challenge. I didn't tweet about it, but I did do the I did challenge. as I did as well. Um, I did it last weekend. I may or may not do it this week. Um, we'll, we'll see. But um, I'll let you go first, Barry. All right. So I did a game called Not Not a Brain Buster. Hmm. which was a game that I got for free. It was part of the Cubic Games freebie game, so it was cool. It was a free thing. I didn't... It, what's funny about this game is I first looked at it, and it was 99 cents on sale, and I, I almost made it uh, my Dower Challenge game a couple weekends ago when when I did the uh, motorcycle game. But I didn't, and then I found out, like, oh, yeah, if you had the coloring book, all these went even lower than a dollar they went to free. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm really glad I didn't purchase it for 99 cents now. And I got it for free. And I'm like, you know what? I was going to make it a couple weekends or a couple episodes ago. Let me do it now. So I started playing it. And it's a, it's, you are on a cube. And you are a person on a cube. And you have to go in one of four directions, up, down, left, right. No diagonals. And you go based on what it tells you. So if it says down, you go down. If it says right, you go right. Simple as that. You have to do, you know, 20, 25, 30 times of doing that. So the first time I was like, oh, this is really simple. This is nothing. So then they start introducing not. So you, you go up, up, then not up. And like you're just like, oh, I'm going up. Oh, no, now you have to go any other direction but up. So when you start mastering yeah. that. Then they start adding colors to the sides, and now now it'll be like go green, and like the top might be blue, the bottom might be blue, the right might be red, and the left might be green, and then you have to go left. Sometimes three out of the four of them will be green, so you can go any of those four directions. Then they start doing not green, not red, not. Then they start adding together and doing like green and up, and even though it's clearly you just have to go up, green is going to be there no matter what. Your brain's still like trying to match the two of them together, and you you have like five seconds to make your decision so it's not like i can sit there and think about it you have to be quick and you have to do like 30 of these so very much like a brain age kind of deal and then they start going crazier where they go not not so like not not up and then not 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 up <laughs> and like you wait hold on you have to try to process all this and adding colors and and all this crazy stuff and it's it's that type of gameplay that's so simple it's beyond simple but it's like when you mess up you're like oh one more try i got this i i'm not gonna make that same mistake and every time it's different um like the rules of each round are the same so like if you're in a color round it's always going to be color but if you went like yellow first the next time it might be red so you can't memorize patterns and there's three difficulties per style that they and they just keep unlocking new and new modes and new challenges and it just gets more and more difficult and it's very fun very simple but it it really is a a nice compliment to brain age so i'm like oh it's perfect for this week Hmm. sounds cool um Mine was weird because I found um, a game that I had on my wish list for a while, and it was normally $5. I got it for $0.23. Cents. Uh, the nice. game's called Avenger Bird, 
And so Ooh. it's a platformer game, almost like a little bit of Metroidvania in it. A side-scrolling pixel art adventure game. And it's terrible. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be good. It looks so good. And that's the thing where, like, I'm consistently fooled by, like, awesome-looking graphics that I think are retro-style and great. Um, the issue that I have is that the double jump is super weak. So when you're jumping, it doesn't have, you know, that classic where you're jumping, like, two or three times the height of your character. And you have to do, like, a glide to be able to pull off. But it's, like, it's really inconsistent because, like, they have, like, some pixel-perfect jumps where you got to jump at the apex of your of your um, your button press. And you have to hit it again at the same time and then glide perfectly, and you may get it. But you could do that perfectly ten times and only make it one the last time. You do it the exact same way nine other times in a row, and it doesn't work. And it literally, the pixel-perfect timing is a flaw in gameplay design that really, if they would just give you a little bit more, um, you know, leeway with those jumps, the game would have been really great, actually. It would have been awesome. But the fact that the, the controls just don't mesh well with me, it was an unfortunate thing. It was released, um, looks like last year in February, February 5th, 2019. Um, really bad reviews, too. Like it just says, it's slow, sluggish, collectathon. It's a grind, mm. a chore, and dull. <laughs> That's what it, another guy said. Um, Once the appeals to nostalgia have been set aside, we're left with one disappointing and inc- <laughs> incompetent work, which fails at being a proper tribute to that era of gaming. Unreliable controls, frustrating gameplay, and poor level design make Avenger Bird a game that simply does not fulfill any of its objections. And... Both of those are negative reviews. Got 30 out of 100, 4 out of 10s. Um, and it was a, it was a miss, um, unfortunately. Because I wanted to like it. I really did. It looked cool. Um, didn't. So I definitely didn't win this time. <laughs> By default, Barry didn't <laughs> chose the less shitty game out of the. <laughs> I, it was not even shitty. Mine was fun. I, Yours I was still fun. That's what I'm saying. I still enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's a good game. I recommend, Mike. Barry, you don't have to oversell it. You win. <laughs> you keep Very that early. up. JP's going to win by selecting nothing. <laughs> I mean, I play the game, but I just didn't play a dollar challenge game. Yeah, I, I played a lot of games. That were I, mean, I mean, I really won because at the end of the day, I finished Future Connected for Xenoblade Chronicles. Ooh. How did you like Oh, I loved it. Uh, you know... I know Jeff said that he didn't enjoy it as much as the the full game itself, and I agree. But um, I will say, for me, Jeff hates numbers, but I I give it an eight out of ten because it's very solid. And I actually ended up liking the uh, the no ponds, right? I think they're called. Um, I ended up liking them a lot more than I liked them when I first saw them in the main game. Uh, the two characters really grew on me. I really liked the. The uh, combination, Amelia, uh, Shulk, and, and the two of them. Uh, and I had, a, I had a blast playing it. Um, Did you do all like the heart-to-hearts? Because there were some really good ones in there. So I didn't. I need to go back and do all of those. I did collect all 12 of the, the um, archaeologists. Um, and I did pretty much... I want to say I did 99% of the side quests. There was two that for some reason I had completed the challenge and they said, go talk to this person. And at no point in the game could I find them. Um, 
Hmm. I went online. I went exactly where it should be. I changed the time to like every single hour and they just never reappeared. So I have no idea if it was a, a glitch on my end or something. But other than that, I did pretty much all the side quests that it had. Did you and do the final no pawn, pawn specter one where you have to fight the big dragon? Yes. Yep. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm, I, and I guess to be fair to all the listeners, I played it on easy mode because I really just wanted to experience the story and finish it. And I just didn't have time to level grind like crazy. So easy mode allowed me to easily go through it, uh, level up very fast. But like even with the dragon, I still couldn't beat it like where I was at like level 72, 74. I had to level up to around 80 for me or close to 80 to actually beat it. But I had I had a blast. I mean, it really is a nice addition to the story. Uh, really nice area because it's the shoulder, right, of the Bionis. Of the Bionis. And I mean... I did. A, it's funny. I did a poll over the weekend, and I said, "Which game, if you've played both, do you like better?" And I did Breath of the Wild, and I did Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And Zelda won like two to three. I mean, I voted like for Zelda. <laughs> yeah, it was sixty-six percent for Zelda, like twenty-one percent for Xenoblade. And I didn't give my answer because I was like, "Yeah, it's just a poll." And I will say here, I think I like Xenoblade Chronicles a lot Woo! better. Yeah. Now, and, now you have to move on to two. <laughs> what? Now you have to move on to two. And I want to. I mean, for me, Mm-mm, like, no Breath, not to go too much on a tangent, Breath of the Wild, I mean, I thought was beautiful. I really like the open world, especially in, in universes and worlds that you enjoy. So, like, it's not just a standalone game that you've never heard of before, but, like, you know, in Zelda, you know the characters, and then to just go around wherever you want. But Xenoblade, for me, I just thought it was so beautiful beautiful and it's funny because it's a essentially a Wii game from 10 years ago but I was just I was so impressed by the landscape the music um and just really how how tight the game was I mean like jumping around to the different points uh, manipulating the clock I just I, I love that game so much so I had about 90 hours total between the game and the epilogue I do want to go into two like no doubt I just don't think I have the energy right now. Xeno was, was cool and is very comparable to like Final Fantasy VII, whereas like Breath of the Wild is completely mm-hmm. open world. Like it's one million percent open mm-hmm. world, way different like style. Mm-hmm. I would almost compare like, all right, do you like Breath of the Wild or do you like Grand Theft Auto Five? Or yeah. Like, like in reality, like you like going running over people and shooting weapons, or do you like going into a medieval style or Skyrim? Skyrim would be mm-hmm. another example of like Breath of the Wild, like giant, massive open world. Witcher Three, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, whereas Xenoblade is an RPG where it's very corridorish, where you go and follow paths, and you go, mm-hmm. you can branch off to multiple spots. You one hundred percent get led to where you need to go. There's a damn beacon that you follow. Um, so like you literally go from point A to point B, which was an amazing, immersive world, and it was awesome. But definitely a different genre than Breath of the Wild, hundred percent. I will say though that I never like I I agree with you. Like we can't really call it an open world, but to me, the way that the game progressed, I never felt as if it wasn't an open world because you know you start out and it is you know uh, a mm. linear story for the most part, and so you know you're opening up areas as you need to get to them, but then you can jump and for the most part go to anywhere. Sometimes you know they lock it off. To me, I just never felt like it wasn't an open world because I could easily travel to anywhere on the Bionis um, when I needed to. Yeah, but you're right, fast I mean, it's not. What? Yeah, you could fast travel, which was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, I just, um, I mean, overall, both games are fantastic, and mm-hmm. I would say must-owns on, on the Switch for, for their own reasons. So I am glad that we got to play this. I'm glad I finally got to play Xenoblade because it's up yeah. there. As one and of we have favorites. a whole episode that we talked about it for like three hours, which was awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely uh, covered it holistically. And I will, I'm not going to lie, there's no way in the hell in our current state with the company that I'm going to have time to put into a 100-plus hour RPG again um, until we stop producing Switch games for everyone. Because my <laughs> 100% of my time has been into uh, premium edition games right now. So there's no way I'm going to have time to, to work on anything outside of the company. So Fair enough. Yeah, because I mean, because we we're playing uh, the games that we're releasing too, so it's yeah. So can I say something, Jeff? Uh, completely separate, but you brought it up before, and I just saw it somewhere else. Uh-oh. So I just wanted to. You mentioned that on this, we should be reading mean tweets. Yeah, because it would be funny. And I am, you know, of course, I'm on Twitter, and Special Reserve Games says extra, extra, get your mean tweets here, and they're doing mean tweets, and I think that's funny because it's a fun thing. If you don't think the Special Reserve listens to Switch Mania Playcast, there's your proof, everyone. They listen to us. <laughs> We've been talking about mean tweets now for weeks. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta do it soon too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, most of our sad tweets were for things that we've addressed they're really there's only been ones that literally say oh this game sucks it's like well that's all oh, perspective my favorite, my, my favorite though was on facebook and i'm gonna butcher it but one person was like 40 dollars they could have at least made it a 16-bit game and then somebody was like well it's five dollars a bit and I, I was like that was a really good reply <laughs> well and if you think that you can put those type of graphics that are in Super Blood Hockey on the NES. Like, you've not played the NES in a while because it's four-color palette. <laughs> like, there's no way. Um, it's just classic. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of the classic ones were, like, I, I would, I'll post a meme or something. Like, you're entitled, you're, you can feel. You're, you're entitled, you're <laughs> way to feel. <laughs> yeah, I have learned that people don't like it when you, uh, when you respond back to their negative comment with a funny meme and they go like, what, we're not allowed to have an opinion? And it's like, oh, that's exactly what I'm doing too. My meme said that you're you're allowed to feel. Like, I don't know. like, everyone's, I, I try not to respond to, to any <laughs> any of the negativity, but sometimes I can't help myself and I just have fun with it. Okay. So if anybody, if I have fun with things, usually I get lectured by JP, but I'm still going to have fun sometimes. Yeah. I was going to say, I have one rule for Jeff and I'm like, don't talk on social media. That's the only rule I have for him in the entire company. <laughs> and I still will. And he, he breaks that one rule. No, every, it, it's all good. We, uh, we show love to everybody. <laughs> but in reality, there's not been a whole lot. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, it's too much money um, for a game. But I'm like, you do realize that Nintendo doesn't allow us to charge less than like $30. So I've never seen an under $30 retail game. Because mm-hmm. um, they don't want the classic Wii shovelware anymore. So technically, the lowest you could possibly go, and as we grow as a company, maybe we can get our price per game down, but we would have to order way more than 5,000 copies. Um, I, I will say that I agree, uh, but there are instances, like at Best Buy, we have seen their their 1999 selection, and it's only been like five games. Are you talking um, about like Nintendo Selects? No, so they've had Katamari Damacy in the $20, Sonic Mania on its own at the $20, but... 
for the most part, well, those, those are all re-releases too. Yeah, those are all re-releases too. Yeah, Sonic Mania. All right, to be fair, Sonic Mania was the first time that, on its own, as a cartridge, it came out at twenty. But you're right; the other games had come out at higher price points previously. So mm-hmm. I, I had heard the same thing. Like around thirty dollars is where you know the baseline price is. But the other thing that I, at some point, we really need to address it, maybe in the longer section of our show but you know people look at the price of an eShop game and then they compare it to the physical price and to me and correct me if i'm wrong youtube but i don't feel that's always a fair justification of what the price should be because you're looking at at the gale um as opposed to physical items besides just uh and and to us it's like we don't look at the price of the game we look at the quality of the game we look at a lot of other factors that's not necessarily the price and we're not really basing our physical price on that um but i know i think a lot of people tend to do that and i think that's where they start getting this distortion of oh it's a fun game but you know i got it for sale that one time for three bucks like it's not a 40 dollar game it's like okay you got it for sale like anything can go on sale but that's not what the msrp price was when it came out Mm -hmm. and i think it's just you know i think it, it hurts not just us i think it just hurts physical games in general a lot of times well and that also negates any physical item we put into the whole physical package so if we just did a cartridge with a single side printing of a of a uh, insert then Mm -hmm. yeah we could absolutely charge 30 bucks all day like too easy but if we're actually doing double-sided printing double-sided printing costs more money everyone um doing a manual a manual costs money to make like, yeah. it costs money to print. It costs money to produce. Um, we're doing a card. We're doing a slipcase. We're hiring artists to do these things. Like, yeah. it's all cost money. And if we, you know, want to, you know, do a lackluster bare bones release, then those same people and others will be like, well, why are you just doing a bare bones release? Yeah. And, and so then, uh, you, you lose or you lose. And the price is there because we're putting more into the package and all and so are all the other companies all the other limited companies are doing the same thing you know yeah. so i said all of the other where i included us with them because we are in their boat whether we want to or not we would love to just release retail games infinitely like super mario brothers mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know the other thing is that we aren't releasing games for for money right we're not looking to become mm-hmm. millionaires by doing this and we're not looking to just release a game we're looking to release a quality game that's filled to the brim, as, as Jeff mentioned in the direct. But it's, it's true, right? You open up a game nowadays, and for the most part, you see nothing inside. Or if you're lucky, you see all the legal mumbo-jumbo and the warning on the inside of the, uh, of the artwork. And mm-hmm. for us, you know, we want every one of our games to feel special, as dorky as that sounds. But it's true. We want it to have that real manual, the nice artwork, the additional goodies. I mean, that's really why all of us are doing this we're not doing this just to put out a game on a cartridge like if we want to do that yeah like jeff said we could lower the price but that's not our aim we want these releases to feel special and feel like that how they should have used to be uh done in the past like you open up an nes box or a super nintendo box and you get a lot of stuff inside you didn't just get a cartridge um and i think you know sadly a lot of people have forgotten that that it used to be really really nice what you would get you get the maps you get the real thick manuals you'd get maybe you you would get like a promo card or or something like that and you know this is how we can bring that back and that's why we want to do all these really cool additional things that's right what about you barry you've been quiet 
<laughs> uh, guys talk. Um, you know, I think this new newer era of, of generations of gamers, there it's a lot about instant gratification, and mm-hmm. it's it's just about hey, you know what? I'm only going to care about the game, and you know what? That's fine. If that's what you want, you're going to get the game. You're going to wait. You're going to get the game for three bucks. The Steam sale goes on, and you buy a thousand games that you're never going to play. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to do. It's what you want to do. But when you look at a physical product, you're going to have to realize there's extra costs that come into that. But you're also getting a lot of extra goodies, and a lot of those are really cool physical items that you'll get to keep. And the funny thing is, and I think we're going to see this more as the years go on, when the servers start shutting down and people start getting nostalgic for games and they realize the only way they can now get that game is by physical. And you're going to see those physical prices go up and people are going to start saying, you know what, I wish I had just grabbed it physical to begin with. I wish I had had it and owned it when it was cheaper. And I'm noticing a lot of companies now, even bigger companies, are doing small prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not reprinting. And even now, current games, games just on the that were just released months ago have started skyrocketing because there's more demand than there is supply. And it's crazy to think about this because as a collector, um, there's one thing that I call the renaissance, which is 20 years after a console launches, the prices really skyrocket. Like right now we're seeing GameCube games really skyrocket. We're seeing Dreamcast games skyrocket. Even PS2 and Xbox games are going up um, because we're in that, that renaissance area where the people who grew up with those games are now in their 20s. They have got disposable income and they want to relive their childhood. I think it's going to be interesting and telling when it comes to that point where the digital era is hitting that renaissance and people want to go back and relive those games and they can't because those servers are now shut down. And the only games they can replay are those physical. And how is that going to drive those prices? And I'm interested to see how it goes. It can go either way. People could say, screw it, it's not worth it, or I've moved on. Or they could say, absolutely, I'm willing to pay you know, $200 for this game that I could have had for 3 bucks because I absolutely want a physical, and there's so few physical copies out there. This is my only way to play. Uh, I think it really depends on whether you want to have the game for the long haul or you just want to play the game and move on and a lot of people will play the game move on and never look back they'll never replay games like jeff was saying how he plays mario 64 every year uh there's a lot of people who play the same game every year they go back or they'll they'll go back you know if they beat a game and it has like a new game plus they'll they'll leave it alone for a bit and then they'll come back a couple years later when it's a lot often forgotten about a lot of the stuff and replay as a new game plus and they kind of get two games out of it i think a lot of people this generation have a shorter attention span and they're just they're happy with instant gratification and something i've noticed with myself when i get a game digitally uh whether it be like a review code or even like the under a dollar challenge and stuff like that i seem to care less about the game like just for me like i play the game and i i don't always go in on it 100 percent, or it's like ah, i really don't give a crap if i finish this or not like it's it almost feels like I, it doesn't exist like it's just a it's just mm-hmm. a time killer Whereas when it's a physical game and I'm putting it in, like I feel that sense of ownership, and I'm like, no, I I really want to get the most out of this game. I feel that 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 closer tied to it. I don't know if that's just me or if other people feel that way, but it is an interesting shift. But 
obviously physical media is going to cost more. It has to be produced. But as long as you're getting some cool stuff with it. And again, remember, you're getting it for life. You're not just getting a license. You're not just getting it till the server shut down or your hard drive dies. And you can also share that with other people. Like I just mentioned with, with brain training, you know, my wife started doing it with me. So we were able to take that one cart and boom, instantly pass between the two of us. We both can enjoy. And instead of buying the game twice which is what we would have had to do otherwise with a digital game. Um, so there are definitely some benefits there that people often overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually uh, doing what I did for JP like a week or two ago where I was counting JP said I got. Now it was how many different branches off the river did Barry go with that time. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and he's learning from JP, no breathing, because otherwise JP will come in and talk. It's good. Clear, clearly... You, you have your River Raiders patch ready to go down these rivers with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have my River Raider patch. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see. It's all different perspectives. Um, I do think, you know, physically is a way to preserve, which is great, which is also why we're, you know, doing this is to preserve. But mm-hmm. also, we're unlike most, we're going over all the history pieces in our items, not just if we're doing a you know, premium guide or premium book with it, but also like even in the manuals, we're doing this stuff and on our website where we've had multiple interviews up over the last week as well. And we're going to be continuing doing that for every release we do is we're, we're chatting with the developers. We're going over people's inspirations, like why they think something's cool and it allows a better appreciation and goes a little deeper into the nuances behind every game. It's really cool. Agreed. So, um, should we go over what we got in? Yeah. Mine's great again. I got in no Switch games again. It's great. It's great. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I did get in um, Max Reload in the Nether Blasters on Blu-ray, though, which nice. literally has weapons that are like the Super Scope from Nintendo and the Power Glove, and like <laughs> I have not watched it yet. I've been wanting to. Uh John Gamester81 is in it. John Lester. He's he's in the game. Mm-hmm. Or he's in the game. Right. He's in the um the show. So it's uh really cool. There's also Greg Grunberg and of course Kevin Smith's in it. Um nice. it's all retro gaming based, which is right up my alley, pun intended. But um <laughs> yeah, I mean I've I've not been as I as I've been on my purchase hold i have pre-ordered some games i mean i am still pre-ordering games everyone but you realize and it's part like we're also right now in our pre-order window super blood hockey so we're not you know perfect from that aspect either but when i'm pre-ordering any game i don't get the game for months so even though i've been spending some money i'll spend like not like barry and jp spending five to a hundred to a thousand dollars a week but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm spending like sixty bucks getting a game or something. Like I mean, I pre-ordered Mario 3D, obviously, so I can get it on day one. But um, I don't have it in hand, so didn't get any games this week. All right. So who usually gets less games? I don't know between the two of you. Fair. He gets like all the Spanish physicals and stuff. <laughs> hey, I did get in over you know uh, uh, hundreds of copies of Tower of Turmoil, and so I did get no, that. I- <laughs> which is my NES game. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that to come in. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting on the boxes, the the manuals, and the um, sleeves, which are all being done by Frank. Um, I'm waiting all those to arrive. He hasn't shipped them out yet, so 
Um, nice. Then I can assemble and, and get them all shipped out. But I'm waiting. Nice. All right, Barry. So I'll go. Um, so I got... Once again, I've completed the Wii U set because my Shakedown Hawaii and Collector's Edition version of that came in. So once again, I'm sitting at the full set until someone else decides out of the woodwork we're going to throw a Wii U game out there. Um, so that's not Switch related, but you're that, welcome, that in <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome in the future. Um, I got my super rare, the three pack, the latest three pack they had, the SteamWorld Heist with Dig and uh, Chroma Squad and OMG. Um, they, that that came over or OSM. Um, then I also got MX versus ATV all out came in. Um, Ari came in, which I've heard really bad things about. And I'm just really sad about, uh, this, this came out last week, but I finally got it this week, which is the street power soccer. I didn't get the football version as well. I just, the soccer uh, a copy of missing came in from the best buy version of that. Uh, the, the latest Switch Player magazine came in, and then just something not not uh, actually on the Switch, but just something I didn't know existed. And I, when I found out, I said I have to pick this up. Uh, on the PS2, they I didn't know they released it here in America. There was a Final Fantasy XI beta version to that game, and mm. I, when I saw that, I absolutely had to get it because that game is beyond special to me. And I was like, that was really cool that they actually released a physical beta uh, of, of an online-only game. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to pick that up and add that to the collection. Uh-oh, is JP getting anxiety, or were you tracking that? Me? For no, PS2? No. Switch no. only. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> but I'm glad you were able to get it. Was it a fair price, or was it, are they expensive? They're very expensive, and I, I managed to work out a deal, thankfully, with the, the seller. Uh, so I was able to get it for a fair price. But that's the game that I actually met my wife on. So it's one of those where all right, I, I really want to have that. Because uh, I started on the PS2 version as well. So it, it is special to me. So that's more sentimentality in, in terms of collectors as well. Nice. I'm glad you're able to find one. What about you, JP? What you get in? Sure. So a lot of the same Switch games as you. I got Nexo, oh, sorry, I got Nexomon Extinction, so mine came in a few days later. I got Chromo Squad from Super Rare Games. I got... I don't know what else I got. Oh, okay, I got the Football Tactics and Glory. Um, so this game actually came out a while ago in the U.S. called Soccer Tactics and Glory, which is like a soccer simulation type game. And in the U.K., it just released under Football Tactics and Glory. Same cover. Uh, the only difference was, you know, the word. And what's interesting that I didn't even realize is that on the U.S. version, even though it said soccer on the front, it all referenced football on the back. So the back cover was identical. Also, it's laziness on the U.S. part. I got in my universe, my baby, because when I'm not taking in my real kids, taking care of my real kids, I want to take care of fake ones. Uh, I got in Ari and the Secret of Seasons. I got in... Oh, I'm saying I got again. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> You've said it every time. <laughs> I, I did. All right. <clears throat> what came in was MX versus ATV yeah. All Out. And I can say I did play this one. It's a fun game. It has a, it has a huge soundtrack. Like Offspring is in there, My Chemical Romance, a lot of real bands, and then I think some instrumental pieces. But the gameplay is fairly solid. I'll say Fairly. But there's a lot of content in there. The one thing I don't like is that there's a lot of different options, right? There's like the there's the open open free mode. There's you know 
indoor tracks, outdoor tracks, there's different types of races. And while the list is exhaustive um, for each one, you'll notice icons next to some of them. And I didn't know what they were. So I click on it and it's like, oh, you can get this off of the eShop. And I'm like, oh, I do not like having to pay for stuff to make my physical game more complete. Um, so this game is not complete on the cart because there's a number of tracks that you have to purchase off of the eShop, which stinks. But on the cart itself, there's plenty to keep you busy. So it's not like it's bare bones. I just wanted to throw that out there in case people didn't know. Um, then the Shmup Collection ESRB release from VGNY Soft came in. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. And then the weekend was really good to me. So Buried Stars Survivor's Edition, which is a Korean release that supports English, that came out. Um, this one sold out in about five minutes uh, overseas. So I was very fortunate to be able to get one. And this might be the biggest box collector edition that I have now. I posted pictures of it, but the thing is massive. Um, additionally, from Korea, the physical of the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion packs uh, came in. And even though I can't redeem it, there is a actual cartridge or an actual case for this expansion. So of course, you know I had to pick it up. Additionally, from Strictly Limited Games, the Darius Cosmic Collection came in and you know i had gotten the collector version of it and the thing is just humongous art book uh arcade sheets uh double two cd soundtrack little art prints uh it was a really nice collection uh other than that i also got in giraffe and annika musical mayhem edition and i did pick up over the weekend the missing best buy version from Best Buy, and it was my first Sky pick in months since like March, so I was very happy to be able to do that. My Switch Player magazine came in, and then that was it for the mail. So that was a yeah, light week. I did week. get a Nintendo Force. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one. The Red has Super Mario Brothers, and they made some predictions on the Mario 3D collection that were pretty accurate. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Because it was obviously in print way before last week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, I will say there were more games that came out, but of course they haven't arrived yet. But yeah, last yeah. week was busy. And this week, since we're recording on Monday, is a pretty heavy week as well for uh, imports. So it's so that time of that? the month. It is that time of the month, JP. Pretty All heavy, right. Pretty heavy week. <laughs> so, so September is in. So because it's Monday... If you haven't already, you may have missed out on the Grandia HD wow. Collection and Ease Origin pre-orders from Limited Run because they closed on Sunday. But on Tuesday, Minecraft Dungeons Hero Edition is coming out retail. Also in Asia, Obakadoro Catch Me If You Can Monsters is getting an Asia English release, meaning it's an English cover. But this game did release previously in Japan, and it did support English. So the only difference this time is really, you know, the cover's fully in English. Uh, but that's coming out on Tuesday. Then also, through Limited Run's distribution program, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath HD Collector's Edition is coming out. Uh, it looks to be exclusive through them. So it's going to be the standard case that we got, you know, in retail. Not the Collector Edition one, but it comes with a CD soundtrack, three art cards, a plush, a poster, and a collector box. Uh, that goes up in limited pre-order on Tuesday, but they haven't stated how much or how many they're getting yet. So my weekly release post will be updated once that information comes out. Uh, then also on Tuesday, RPG Maker MV, which is, I don't know what number that is. 
I don't know my Roman numerals. <laughs> Nobody we'll else let does you either. Figure that out, JP. Okay. Uh, so M- RPG Maker MV comes out, and there's going to be a regular and a limited edition. The limited is through the NISA store. Um, this game did come out in Japan previously, and it did support English. Uh, but now we're finally getting it over here as well. Then on Thursday, September 10th, Tin and Kuno is coming out from Axis Games. That's just a regular retail release. In Japan, Tomoyo After, it's a Wonderful Life CS edition, which is a visual novel game, is coming out. And it does support English. And on the cover, it says Japanese text English that you can switch it. So we know it supports it. Then also on Friday, uh, September 11th, Bounty Battle, the ultimate indie brawler, is getting released by Merge Games. There's also a signature edition, collector edition, through their website. And for those who don't know, we were supposed to get this in the U.S., and then it was canceled. So we are not getting an ESRB release of this. So you're going to have to import it if you want it. Uh, But it looks cool because it's a lot of indie, you know, it's obviously a a Smash type of game, but with indie uh, characters. So you have characters from... Dead Sails, Guacamole, Guacamole, Darkest Dungeon, Flint Hook, and much more. So it looks, looks pretty cool. Um, and then the Collector Edition from Signature Edition comes with pins, a character guide booklet, art card, and, you know, their collector box. Uh, also in the UK, Holy Potatoes Compendium, which has three games in one. It's Holy Potatoes, What the Hell? Holy Potatoes, We're in Space, and Holy Potatoes, A Weapon Shop is coming out from Numskull Games. As of now, there's um, no official announcement of a U.S. release, so it's import only. Uh, but, but Numskull is doing their regular and badge edition, where you get uh, five hard enamel pins uh, included you know, in a special box. Then also, Inertial Drift is coming out. And again, what many may not know is that this game was supposed to come out in the U.S. from P-Cube, and it got canceled. So it's a U.K. edition only. And if my information is correct, on Game UK's website, it said exclusive to them. And I did not see this on Amazon UK or Shop for Megastore. But, uh, but Video Games Plus in Canada is carrying this UK title. So if you want to import it, uh, Video Games Plus is your best bet uh, and the most affordable price. So mm-hmm. that's where I pre-ordered mine. Uh, Pode, P-O-D-E, is coming out. There's a regular and an artist edition. Oh, this is PO'd, UK only. actually. PO'd? Pissed off. Uh-huh. Uh, so the regular and the artist edition, which is their collector edition, is UK only. The collector edition comes with a collector box, game, coloring art book, holographic card and sticker, a boulder and glow magnets, which are the characters in the game, and a papercraft diorama. Then on Friday, also, we've got some new pre-orders that a lot of people have been looking forward to, and it's Shantae. Uh, so we have the Game Boy Color re-release coming yeah. out from Limited. So these are all Limited Run games. Gross. Uh, so we have... What, Jeff? It's a gross Game Boy Color re-release. Well, let's talk about that after I get through no, this, it's, these it's last few. It's gross. Okay. So the Game Boy Color, if you're into that, is coming out. Then also for the Switch... Shantae Regular and Collector's Edition, and also Shantae's mm-hmm. Risky Revenge Regular and Collector Edition. That's will be cool. Open. That's cool. Yeah, there will be both of the versions for both of those games will be a four-week open pre-order. It starts at 10 a.m. on Friday, goes until Sunday, October 11th at Limited Run Games, and both of them are going to come with in the collector editions a steelbook, a soundtrack. Uh, you get a coin. Uh, you also get a poster. 
and and it looks pretty cool. So that is everything that's coming out or will be available for pre-order this week. So it's another heavy week for us collectors. Oh yes, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's getting it's getting more and more stressful for me to just. I'm always afraid I'm going to miss something. Like for instance, you mean FOMO? Yeah, well, not even FOMO, but just for my weekly release. Fear of missing out. You literally just said it. (laughs) Yeah, but I meant more so for my weekly release post. Not so much buying. I'll find the game at some point. But just keeping everyone informed, I go to all these websites and I constantly keep seeing a game that I did not know about pop up, you know, coming out. Or dates change so much that I go to one website. I go to three websites. I get three different dates sometimes. And I literally have to go to the publisher or the developer and ask them to confirm because... You just never know. Like, case in point, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Barry, we just picked up the Street Power Soccer. Yes. And you got it at Best Buy, right? Yeah, I had it pre-ordered at Amazon, and then I saw your post. It was like, oh, yeah, it's coming out in Best Buy. Wait, what? That's why I got it this week instead of last week, because I realized it and pre-ordered it last week at the very end, and I was like, yeah, I'll be there, you know. Yeah, So, so I mentioned that because on Amazon, it's still showing a September 30th date, and it's still not out. So either Best Buy got some, you know, exclusive early release or whatever happened with Amazon. But this is where I start seeing these multiple dates in the U.S. And then if you go overseas, it's just even crazier. But, yeah, it's a it's a fun time for sure. Uh, and we're not slowing down. I will tell you that much. Like through the rest of the year, I really don't see slow weeks uh, ahead of us. Um, as for your new numerical thing with the MV, it's not about numbers at all. Oh, with RPG Maker, it went like 95, 2000, 2003, then went to like XP, VX, VXA, <laughs> MZ, and it's already an MZ, so it, it's not numerical, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like oh, M is like 50, so it's like 55 yeah. or something, so I was like, I don't think there's 55-ish episodes. Or... I was like, I remember RPG Maker 1 for the PS1, I'm like, I don't remember an MV it was a two. Uh, getting up there, but... Uh, 3, I think, was PS2, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, could be. But yeah, this is this is absolutely just uh, I don't know what the MV stands for, but it's but what's interesting is that MV came out I think like five years ago. There's already like MZ, and we're just getting MV now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was actually surprised that it came out in Japan a while ago with English support, and I think this game. I think what happened was we were supposed to get it earlier. It just got delayed. I don't know the reason, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw at some point earlier release dates for this game. Yeah, it was on NIS America years ago. I pre-ordered it, and I was like, oh. Oh, cool. and then they're like, oh, yeah, we, there's been a problem, and it's been delayed indefinitely. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> hey, I'll but we got that. I mean, we're eventually going to get all of the things, hopefully even brain training or brain age, get everything. Mm-hmm. We will towards the end of the life when that's easy ports. I mean, it's crazy when my yearly playthroughs of all the games that I, classic games I play, I can literally play most of them on the Switch at this point. Like, it's madness. Madness. Um, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Alright, so, um, thanks everybody for listening. As always, you can get Super Blood Hockey until the 22nd of September. At the time of this recording, you have a couple weeks to uh, still get your pre-order in. For Super Blood Hockey, physically on the Nintendo Switch from Premium Edition Games with an awesome slip cover done by Mortal Kombat artist Paul Niemeyer, a challenge card that you can earn a patch if you complete the, pa- the challenge, and the patch is free. I will be shipping them out right now, myself personally. 
and um, lots and lots of other goodies inside, classic NES style manuals, and all the trimmings. Um, you can find me on Facebook and the Twitter at Higgins Alley and at Higgins Alley Books on the Instagrams. Barry? You can find me on the Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. JP? Yep. So, jpswitchmania.com for your weekly release posts uh, on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it's JP Switchmania, but Twitter is where I'm always at. So if you have questions or just want to chat about the Switch or be kept up to date because you just can't wait for this uh, weekly podcast, uh, go to Twitter, JP Switchmania. Um, we, we have giveaways all the time. Right now, I do want to mention that through Premium Edition Games and partnered with Video Games Plus, we have a very big giveaway going on right now. So mm-hmm. if you haven't entered yet, you won't want to miss this one. We are giving away... Uh, one of three prizes. So the grand prize will get a Nintendo Switch Animal Crossing console. It's the Japanese version, but you know, fully playable. You could plug it into the U.S. Uh, U.S. ports, U.K. ports. At home, it plays all the games. So honestly, aside from the packaging on the outside, it's a worldwide system. We're also going to be giving away a copy of Super Blood Hockey when it releases, and then Video Games Plus is throwing in Tokyo School Life, which was a exclusive game that they sold uh, and still have available on their website. Uh, two runner-ups will get a copy of Super Blood Hockey and Tokyo School Life. Uh, the giveaway goes until September 22nd, but if you go to Premium Edition and then the number one on Twitter, or you go Premium Edition Games on Facebook or Instagram, uh, you can enter the giveaway now. You don't want to miss it. It's a good one. And of course, please pre-order and secure your copy of Super Blood Hockey if you haven't already. Well, thanks everyone. We will see you next week when we will be talking about Super Mario World, which we're going to play on the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo app. And we will see you next week. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you.